0: Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, A Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing today? we have another bonus episode, a movie review of a movie that really didn't get a whole lot of attention. In fact, I don't remember, I did not see this movie in the theater. Um, I rented it. I might have seen the previews on TV growing up. The movie I'm speaking of is called The Cure. It came out in 1995. It starred Brad Renfro and Joseph Mazzello. You're going to recognize Joseph Mazzello as the boy who played Tim from Jurassic Park. Brad Renfro played in Tom and Huck with JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He was also in The Client with Susan Sarandon. He also was in Apt Pupil. Which is a Stephen King short story with Ian McKellen. Yeah, he's he's done quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, the movie kind of flew under the radar. Um on IMDB it is got a 7.7 out of 10 rating. It stars Joseph Mazzello, who plays Dexter. You'll probably remember him. He played Tim in the Jurassic Park movie. He was also with Elijah Wood in Radio Flyer, which is a good movie as well. Brad Renfro, you would remember him. He played in, I think it was the same year this movie came out. He was in Tom and Huff with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, JTT. He was also in The Client, I think it was in 93. He was in The Client with Susan Sarandon, Tommy Lee Jones. He was in um, Apt Pupil, which I think that movie came out like 1998, I think? Or was it 99. Um, he was in that movie, it was a Stephen King short story, uh, he was in it with uh, Ian McKellen, which I thought that movie was good. I, I have the short story of Apt Pupil, I just, I can't get into it. We have Annabella Sciorra, S-C-I-O-R-R-A, she plays Linda, she plays Dexter's mom. Diana Scarwood, who plays Eric's mom, and she was in... Gold Diggers, The Secret of Bear Mountain, starring Anna Klumsky and Christina Ricci, which is also a good movie. I'm going to read the synopsis. Eric, a loner, finds a friend in Dexter, an 11-year-old boy with AIDS. They vow to find a cure for AIDS together and save Dexter's life in an eventful summer. The reason I wanted to do this movie, not just because, you know, it is set during the summer, but I wanted to do it because this movie holds a special place in my heart. I know I say that about a lot of these movies that I grew up with, but it really certainly does because this movie just does not seem like it gets the credit that it does. I know a lot of people maybe aren't really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The premise just sounds depressing. And I guess I can understand where it would being the subject matter of a young boy with AIDS, kind of similar to, you know, the Ryan White story, and the AIDS crisis, this is 1995, when we still, I can imagine, were very frightened. If we didn't know a lot about the, the disease, you still could very much die from it, like you still can, but now, with all the medications and everything, it is more manageable, and life with it is not a complete death sentence, so... Peter Horton directed this movie. Peter Horton, you may recognize the name. He was in the show 30-something. He also directed, um, he, oh, he was in Children of the Corn, the Stephen King movie from the 80s. He was also, he, he directed an episode of The Wonder Years from season two, Whose Woods Are These? Like, I was like, wow, really? Because that is a great episode of The Wonder Years. I love it. The movie was written by Robert K-U-H-N. We got some uh, audience award winner, Peter Horton. Grammy Awards nominee, Best Instrumental Composition Written for a Motion Picture, Dave Gruzen, Young Artist Awards, Best Family Feature nominee, Young Artist Award nominee 1996. We got Joseph Mazzillo, Brad Renfro, Young Star Awards, Brad Renfro. I'm going to read one review so far. This is from April 20, 2005. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to read that one because it's like a 1,000 miles long. (laughs) It's very long. Um, Let's see if I can get – these are really long. I might wait on these. All right, let's go and see about Connections, The Great Escape. Eric sits in his basement throwing a baseball against the wall and catching it in his glove. Star Wars Episode – A New Hope. (laughs) I don't know, Roman. Dexter leaves a note behind before he departs to remind his mother to record Star Wars at 8 p.m. Kid songs, let's put on a show. Posters seen on the wall of the Palace Theater during blue suede shoes. Okay. 2001 A Space Oddity. A clip is shown on the television at the hospital. Medicine Man. Eric and Dexter are inspired after watching a clip from the movie, Finding the Cure, in quotes. Okay, let's get into some trivia. Legendary actress and acting coach Nina F-O-C-H was a consultant to director Peter Horton, credited, and an uncredited acting coach on this film. Okay, Opening credits featured the track My Great Escape by Mark Cohen. A prelude is also heard later in the movie. However, this track was not released on any medium other than the movie itself. Most of the movie was filmed in Stillwater, Minnesota. All right see here we got some goofs when Dexter's mom is asking Eric about his girlfriend he has a tea towel in his hand and the next shot the tea towel has disappeared altogether okay an oscillating bow type lawn sprinkler is seen in operation but the sound heard is that of an impact sprinkler well you know what (laughs) this person whoever put this trivia in would probably know more they probably work in lawn care and sprinklers all right During the supermarket trolley ride down the hill, the amount of sun and brightness changes drastically between shots. I'm guessing the person who put in the trivia might be from the UK because they say trolley ride and they say mum, M-U-M, instead of mom. The amount of ice cream in the glasses changes between shots. Let's see. When Eric and Dexter find Pony's stash of money, it's full of 20s. The next day when Eric steals it, it's full of 1s. Okay, well, about 31 minutes in, Eric is seen gluing and smacking a leaf into their logbook. A reverse shot then shows three leaves and notes. Another reverse shot, and again, one leaf. When Eric is sitting on the floor playing Nintendo, and his mom is talking to him about his dad's girlfriend, Cindy, the position of Eric's legs keeps changing between shots. Wow, this person had a lot. He really had, um, really watched the movie with a critical eye. When they are on the river sailing to New Orleans, you see the same smokestack in the background even though days have passed. Well Alright. Okay. Okay. Okay, um the last two are spoilers. I'm not gonna spoil the movie for you, so. Alright, I'm ready to get it. Um release date, April 21st, 1995. A lot of this was all filmed in Stillwater, Minnesota. Gross $2,568,429 at the box office. So, yeah. All right, let's jump into this movie. All right, so the movie starts, and all we're hearing is the scraping sound. We hear a teacher we're in a classroom setting. We see kids' feet. And we hear the teacher say, you know, it's the last day of school. Make sure you clean out your lockers. Get your textbooks back to me by a certain time. I thought she said something like, they'll be fined if they don't return them. And all we're seeing is a shot of a boy's feet. He's wearing black Converse. And we just see, like, bits of wood just falling onto the floor. So the teacher's like, anybody have any questions? The kids are all like, no. She said, Nobody has any questions. They're like, no, we have no questions. We want to get out of here for summer. It's the last day of school. Kids are anxious. I remember the last days of school. The bus driver would get us like popsicles or something, and it's really cool. I swear, one of those last days of school. I think it might have been in elementary school. Kids were chanting, "No more teachers! No more books! No more te- No, no more. what was it? No more teachers! No more books! No more. No more papers! No more." Books, pencils, no no more pencils, no more books, no more teachers, dirty looks. I think that was it. So the second time she says this, anyone got any questions, everyone says no. Except for this kid who's like, what happens to the stuff that stays in our lockers? <sighs> it gets thrown out by the janitor who has to clean up after you little goobers. That's what happens to your stuff. Goes in the trash. Or if it's something of value to him, he'll probably keep it or sell it. I don't know. That's the answer to your question son. So the camera like pans upward and we see a boy who's got a jackknife and he is just destroying the heck out of the front of that that chair. He just keeps going over the same spot with that that army knife just so that's where all those little shards of wood that we're gathering on the floor were coming from. And the whole time, he's doing this under his desk, so nobody can hear it. No one can see it. It's not like he's carving his initials. He's just bored. We see that he goes to Washington. This is actually Eric that we see. Um, We see a sign. This is 1938. I guess that's when the school first existed. We see a construction paper colored, multicolored sign well, multicolored letters, that says congratulations. Like, kids are, like, out the door. Like, they can't get out fast enough. It's like the reverse of Black Friday at a Best Buy. Everyone wants to get out. They don't want to get in. Some of these kids look like they are – I mean, we got a combination of kids that look like they're in elementary school and kids that are in, like, upper middle school, like, 10th graders. So I'm guessing that Eric's got to be maybe 12, 13 – and I gotta tell you, because this movie, I don't think it's just because it's sitting around a boy that has AIDS or because it's in the South. You, this is 95 when you are hearing hard Fs, drops. The F word, not F, well, probably F-U-C-K, um, but the G O T, dropped half a dozen times, if not more, sprinkled throughout this movie. You know, the thing, the homo, the, 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 the this, the that. It it's just, it's, oof. So we get Brad Renfro's name come up in the credits here. And he, we see, he's the one with the black converse. He's the one with the jean shorts that go past his knees. Looks like a lot of kids probably walk home from school. I don't really see any, but they walk home, they ride a bike. Right away, this kid is going to get hassled. So we get um, three of the boys that are going to be prominent bullies. One of them got an earring. He's got the '90s, um, the '90s hair that's kind of like long, and it's got kind of like shaved on the bottom a little bit. It's just like, ugh. and I'm gonna play this. Clip real quick. It's like this guy is already, cause Eric's name is Eric. He's this guy's like, so Erica, I heard your boyfriend moved next door. Who is referring to Dexter, who will later meet, who lives right next door. So because it's a small town, people talk. Dexter and his mother, basically, he's just the boy who has AIDS. And because he moved in next door to where Eric lives, now Eric is getting the brunt of the bullying, and they're, like, calling him an F.A.G. And it's just, like, what in the heck? This is... Ugh. Hey, Erica! How's your new boyfriend next door? It's not next door, it's behind me. I ain't never even seen it. I ain't never even seen it. Who are your neighbors, then? Goober Pile and his brother Goober? <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> What was that? Hey, come back here, faggot! Hey, I said come back here! Go fuck yourself, kid. <laughs> and, and the whole time, Eric is, like, not even looking. Like, his head's bent down. It's like, Nah, he's not next door. He's behind me. I ain't never even seen him. It's like, ugh. Basically, Eric is like, eat shit. And the guy's calling him a F-A-G. It's like, what the heck? So we get to see Eric on his journey home from school. It looks like he has to walk a little ways. Now, is he checking? He's checking for change in that Pepsi mas- machine there that he's walking past. Because probably, you know, sometimes people get a drink and they're like, oh, it's just like a, uh, it's a quarter. It's a couple pennies. It's a dime. It's not a big deal. Just leave it in there. Isn't that like what people do sometimes when it comes to like old the old payphones, people like, oh I bet there's like a dime or a quarter in there. Let's see if somebody like got some I thought there was a way like there's a movie called The Home of Our Own. I'd love to cover that for the podcast if it's still on um Amazon Prime. But the kid and the Edward Furlong was he rigged the payphone to be able to like he, he was able to get money out of it somehow, like, wow, wow so Eric's passing a playground with a set of swings, we got some kids on the swings, well, we have this girl who's pushing maybe her like, 70 year old grandmother on a swing, grandma just wants to like, I want to relive my childhood days, when I swung on a swing please push me, I want to feel included, my good golly how long does he have to fucking go to walk home, what is this, like five miles away you know, it looks like he lives, like, clear across town. So, clearly, <laughs> you see the wind kind of picking up a little bit. Of course, you know what's going to happen. Typical, you're walking home. What happens? Boom! Sky opens up. Boom! Downpour of rain. Boom! Luckily, Eric's got his bag. He uses that as an umbrella. Doesn't really help much. It's a last day of school. He'll probably get a new backpack in some in, like, late August during the back-to-school sales. Okay, now we are in Eric's backyard. We see a bunch of army men. We see grass on fire. We see a a jet that he's playing with. He's just having fun with fire. Um, we're going to later learn that he is home by himself, like, a lot, a lot, because his mother is a realtor. She's not home. She's always, like, showing houses and everything like that. Oh, it's a troll! He's lighting a troll doll on fire! Oh, the poor troll doll! R.I.P. Troll doll. This is cool effects as Eric is playing with this jet. You hear the jet, and this kid is not ashamed to play with like action figures and like toys. He's like 13, and he's playing with you know action figures. I mean, you didn't have the internet really much in '95, so it's like you made do with what you had. He's got this whole cool setup in his backyard that he could just play for hours. So I'm going to play this clip here. This is where we get the first introduction. We actually hear Dexter in the backyard. On the other side of the fence, he's starting to cough, and immediately Eric stops what he's doing, and he takes notice. <laughs> Catching something and dying. It can't be transmitted through the air. Yeah, well, just to be on the safe side, I think you should go inside. But I'm working on my mud for it. Hey, what would you do if I come over there and whooped your ass? How long would that take? About 10 seconds i wait till you're finished, and then i continue working on my mud fort. You mean you just let me beat you up? I'd try to stop you, but I probably wouldn't be able to. I'm not very big. Well, in that case, it'd only take five seconds. So is that what you're going to do? Maybe later. Still there. So Eric is really cruel to this kid He's blaming Dexter for mo- Because he moved next door Now everyone's calling them an FAG And walking on the other side of the hall Like Eric's the one who has the disease And Eric's like Hey I'm working on planting my vegetables Why don't you go inside Until I'm done And Dexter's like Why? And Eric's like, so I don't have to worry about catching something and dying. And Dexter's like, well, it can't be transmitted through the air. And Eric's like, I don't care. Go inside. And Dexter's like, hey, look, I'm working on my mud fort here. And Eric is just like, he goes over that fence. And you can't see Dexter, but you can see Eric kind of looking through the slats. And we get little slivers of... You know, Dexter's kind of sprawled out on the ground, just hanging out, doing his thing with his mud fork. And Eric's like, hey, how would you like it if I went over there and kicked your ass? And, of course, Dexter's like, well, I mean, I'd try to stop you, but I'm not very big, so, you know. And Eric's like, really kind of surprised, like, you mean you just, like, stand there while I beat you up? And Dexter's like, yeah, well, I'm not that big. I try to stop you, but mm-hmm, meh. <laughs> and of course, Eric ends up going inside. And poor Dexter's just desperate for any human contact. He's like, hey, are you are you gonna do that? Hello, are you still there? Like, no. Eric went inside. Like, eh. like this kid clearly isn't gonna put up a fight. <laughs> this is boring. I'm gonna go inside and play Nintendo. So Dexter's in the backyard, he sees his mom has gotten home from her job, looks like she's loaded down with dry cleaning and a bag of groceries. She's got her keys in her mouth, her hands are full, it's just like, ugh. And to top it all off, drops her keys, ends up also dropping the bag of groceries onto the floor. She really likes the caramel corn rice cakes, which I can't says I blame her because those are good too. It looks like she might even have apple cinnamon. There's noodle roni, there's spam, and there's, like, a large, like, baguette of bread and a few other items there. So, of course, she's got to pick everything up, and that's when Dexter decides to come in and he's got dirt smudged on his face and you think like it's gonna turn semi-dark guys don't even don't worry about it because this is not the single mother you need to worry about the single mother you need to worry about you're gonna learn about pretty shortly Dexter's in good hands trust me this his mother is a gem of a woman and it's amazing how she holds it together through, you know, her son having... Which we'll learn when Eric and Dexter are kind of, they're hanging out on either side of the fence, and Dexter's kind of letting Eric know, you know, how he contracted the disease and everything like that. So, you definitely think, oh, Dexter's in for it now, because she stands up and takes, like, takes it in Dexter's, like, dirty face and everything. She looks at him and says, You son of a bitch. I told you what would happen if you got dirty again. And you're like, oh gosh, she's going to hit him. But the grin on Dexter's face and he takes off running through the house and she's chasing after him. This is adorable. This is so cute. It's like he climbs under the kitchen table and... She, like, flips him over on his back, and she starts tickling him, and his money fingers are just, like, touching her face, and they're laughing. It's like, they don't care. This is a cute moment moment between father and and son. Guys, I just got done with the Goofy movie, so I gotta, like, switch tactics here. There is no father. There is only mothers and sons. All right, so we end on that happy scene. We go over across the fence to eric's house and we get a shot of what's going on in the street we got three boys that are playing i think like baseball in the street because you know you could do that and not get run over apparently so we see the curtains in the living room window part and eric's mother you can tell right away she's got the jewelry on she's got a nice dress she's got makeup on and everything and she's like, oh, I bet my son would love to play with these boys. Because all she sees Eric do is, I think it's that same day that school let out that he's already, he's at the Nintendo just playing. And she's like, you know, why don't you go out there and play and make some friends? And meanwhile, Eric is just, he's got the Nintendo gun just aimed at the screen. It's like, mom, can you please go on the way? He's like, yeah, there's some boys out there playing baseball. It'd be nice if you made the effort, and she steps right in front of the television. And he's like, like mom, come on, I'm trying to beat this guy here. I think she just wants him out of the house and not, like, she doesn't want to seem like a neglectful parent, like, oh, my kid never leaves the house. And definitely you could tell he does not respect his mom, which we're going to learn, like, she does not deserve respect. She is a piece of shit mother. Um, is he's like, <laughs> um, very <laughs> nice. Um no, she says she's going to go out drinking with the girls after, you know, from the office. You know, she's had a long day of selling houses, so she needs to uh have her girl time and unwind. So this is pretty much the norm for Eric. Mom goes out, goes drinking with the girls. She says, make yourself something in the microwave for dinner. Yeah, we'll see what he microwaves. I mean, it's not bad, but I would not want that day in and day out. That would, like, <laughs> she really wants to unload her kid. Like, hey, have you thought any more about, like, Colorado? I'm not sure. Where is this movie supposed to be set? It sounds like it's supposed to be set, like, down south. And that's clearly, like, mom, I told you I'm not going to camp. I don't want to go. Eric's a loner. He doesn't really make friends that easily, which I, I can't blame him. <laughs> Have you seen the kids around there? They're not exactly friendly. Well, her southern accent is like, well, he's like, I'm not going to camp. She said, well, if you just give it a chance, like, whoa, that southern accent is coming right out. And Eric, of course, knows how to push your buttons. says, hey, why can't I go see dad? And we cut to her reaction of just, ugh. And she's like, well, you know what, call him. If he says yes, I'll send you on the next flight or the next bus. She says, call him. If he says yes, I'll put you on the next plane. So, yeah, she definitely, uh, yeah, the husband and her don't really talk. And he clearly it's already set up shop. He's got, you know, new place, new girlfriend who's clearly young, probably much younger than her. And she says, oh, yeah, you and your dad's friend, uh, this uh, little Cindy here, can go to the movies and, you know, get in for half price. And, of course, Eric's like, mom, seriously, come on, she's like 23. And, of course, his mother's like, whoa, wow, surprise, old enough to drink. Eric hits her back with, yeah, but she doesn't. Like, ooh, Burn. So of course to retaliate at that little comment, she goes over and just pulls the game out of the Nintendo. Eric's like, "Oh, what are you doing? I was on World 8! She's like, "I, you know, I don't want you in the house playing with these this thing day in day out, like, or watching it, watching this thing." Oh, she says, "You know, it's not too, it's not good to spend too much time with these games." And he kind of mutters, "I wasn't watching, I was playing." And he mutters, bitch. Call, calls her bitch. We got to later that evening, she seems to give Eric, like, whatever he wants. He's got, like, a little, it's not so much, it's kind of like a Nerf gun, because it's putting out little ping-pong balls. And you see, like, you get a close-up as he's coming into the kitchen, either it's on a skateboard or rollerblades. You get a cut shot to the microwave going off. He's got a two-liter of like orange soda. This kid's diet is gross. But then again, my diet is not exactly better. I mean, I get it. He's like 13. I ate a bunch of garbage food when I was at age two. I still kind of do when I'm 36. I know. Sad, sad. You wonder, hmm, what kind of food does he have in there? Pizza, maybe? Maybe some mac and cheese? Maybe a cheeseburger? Nope. Nope microwaved butterfingers you are gonna see so many butterfingers in this movie you're gonna like want to vomit out your ears (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong i like butterfingers i do but this is his dinner (laughs) microwave butterfingers where all the chocolate is basically melted off of these bars and is just like leaking out the sides because you see a Butterfinger wrapper when he puts the plate, pulls it out of the microwave, and puts it on the kitchen island. Like, yep, it's clearly Butterfingers. Oh, and he's got Minute Made orange soda. That is clearly, yes, that's a two liter. That might even be a three liter. It's pretty big. He's not even attempting to use it, a fork. I know Seinfeld made a big deal about like, oh, they're using forks to eat a Snickers bar. <laughs> he's just blowing on it to cool it up. He's going to pick up that goopy chocolate goodness and just shove it into his mouth. He's not even going to bottle with a fork. Fork! No one does that. <laughs> Okay, so now we cut to Dexter's house. His mom's put him to bed. And she tells him, I have nothing against fishing, but I am not touching the worms. And Dexter's like, I'll take care of the worms. She's <laughs> like, yeah, sure you will. <laughs> I love the cutesy little things from the, the the play wrestling and the whole, like, kissing goodnight. He, like, kisses her, like, hey, I got you first. <laughs> it's so cute. I, it's just, it's great to see this comparison of a bond between a mother and a son that really love each other and really bond versus a mother that's always away with her job and she's just looking to slough her kid off to Colorado to some summer camp for eight weeks or to and he, of course, brings up his dad because he knows, like, that's gonna sting like, oh, his dad's dating some... Eric's dad's dating somebody and just he... Eric's doing that deliberately, like, I wanna go stay with dad and you know, I want to, you know, hang out with his new girlfriend and stuff because she treats me better than you do kind of thing. And now we go back to Eric's house where he is sitting at this long dinner table. Okay, he does have a fork and knife and he is sawing away at those probably cold Butterfingers now. And it's just representing this kid is home by himself like probably 15 or more hours a day. He is there. His mom, I mean, she works all day and then she's like, I'm going out with the girls. I'm going out to party and going to like relax and unwind. So, yeah, we're really getting a small little peek at Eric's sad, lonely life. I mean, he's down in his basement or bedroom or somewhere and he's just throwing like a little like hard rubber ball at the wall and catching it in his baseball glove. I like how this transitions. He's in the basement on the floor, throwing the ball up in the air. It transitions into the next scene where he's still he's you know throwing a ball in the air and catching it. as dare uh Dexter is kind of explaining about how he got you know the disease and everything. that's a lot me. My grandmother says you're going to hail says she'll suffer eternal torture from a billion flames, hotter than the center of the sun. then well, she must be some kind of genius. What? Well, my doctor's really smart. <laughs> he says he has no idea what happens to people after they die. If your grandmother knows, she must be a genius. She's a clerk at Kmart. <laughs> Maybe she's just an <clears throat> No, she's an idiot. <laughs> Maybe I won't go to hell after. You sure those germs of yours don't travel through the air? Yeah, why? 11. Jesus, you're a magic. <laughs> well, if you look at the lower limit of what's considered normal for my age, I'm only four inches short. Oh. So you know how to play Battleship? So basically, yes, word around town is that everyone's talking about Dexter's, you know, he, him having AIDS. Actually, Dexter does say when he was baby, he got two pints of blood, which is likely considerably quite a bit. So he's had this disease since he was a baby. And Eric tells him how his grandma said that Dexter's going to go to hell just for having the disease and everything like that. And Dexter's... Says to Eric, like, "Wow, your grandma must be like a genius or something." My my doctor, who who is treating my my illness, says that he has no idea what happens to people after they die. And of course, Eric's like, "She's a clerk at Kmart. Like, she don't she don't all smart up there, in the head. Like, she's an idiot, <laughs> basically." So. Eric's kind of thinking to himself, like, hey, maybe you know, we've been talking and stuff like that so it can't be that bad. So he asks, like, hey, um do those germs of yours still, I mean, they don't come through the air, right? And Dexter's like, no, no, they don't. So, Eric kind of runs off for a second and Dexter goes over to the fence on his side and all of a sudden he hears a clunk, clunk, clunk basically. Eric is driving nails into the fence so he can climb over it. And We see Dexter there. We finally get, you know, know, Eric and Dexter finally meet face-to-face for the first time. And you can definitely tell there is a height disadvantage. As Eric, like, is on his hands and knees, he's, like, standing upward. And you can see he is at least a head taller or more. He looks at Dexter and says, how old are you? And Dexter's like, 11. And Eric's like, you're a midget. And Dexter like, well actually, um he's basically at a height disadvantage. If you consider, you know, this theory, then I'm technically only like four inches short for my age. And you just see it go Vroom, over Eric's head. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Dexter's like, hey, you, you wanna you know how to play uh, Battleship? And I didn't know how to play Battleship until Jeremy and I like we have the electronic one and that's kind of cool. So the boys are they're bonding. They're playing Battleship. So I know that the AIDS crisis was really big in the 80s too. Definitely that's when it came to um every everybody was freaked out about it. In the night this is 95 and people were still they didn't really understand how you can contract it. Dexter's like, it can't be trans- transmitted through the air. You know, because that's what, I mean, and the thing is, this is a small town that Dexter and his mother moved to. I mean, I don't know if this is like, maybe his Dexter's mom grew up here and she's coming, you know, back to her own town. But it just makes me think of, you know, with Ryan White and his mother and sister, how... They lived in Kokomo, Indiana, and they were practically run out of town because of his disease. And the whole connection, of seems like, you know, with the, the, you know, being gay and then, you know, the AIDS virus and everything, kind of, they lumped those two things together. Like, oh, if you have AIDS, you must be gay or something. And it's like, he's an 11-year-old boy. Eric's grandmother is a piece of fucking shit garbage human being she's saying oh that little 11 year old boy he's gonna go to hell because he has AIDS like what the fuck and of course Eric has no censorship she's like oh well this is my, my grandma says is gonna happen to you when you die like what the hell. Oh, this is just they have their own little battleship. They don't have an electronic one that's going to tell you like you hit the button and it goes hmm, or it goes dun 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 miss. Cause that's what the one that we We should do that. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> what the last time we played Battleship? I could have won. But I kept, like, missing, like, a certain spot on the board where Jeremy was. I mean, oh, man, I didn't realize that. So he ended up winning because I made a stupid mistake. Of course Eric would cheat because Dexter's, like, D7. And Eric says, Miss. And you see him move that battleship over to another thing. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Eric's got these little like army figures or muscle man figurines and he's like got them strung up by their nets and he's got one of those electric or it looks like it probably just takes batteries one of the pencil sharpeners and he's got he's building a war zone in his backyard or it might even be Dexter's backyard. Of course, how are you going to make a mud for it? Well, you got to go get the, guard, the the hose in the backyard and just start watering down that dirt. We find that they have a toad there that they got a little corral for him or a little like prisoner cage or something because we got popsicle sticks. I mean that frog could really just hop over it. So, Dexter is wearing a uh, wristwatch that's got a timer set on it. Apparently it tells him what time he needs to eat. He's like, oh, I got to go in. I got to eat my lunch now. And Eric's like, well, why don't you just eat whenever you're hungry? And, of course, Dexter's like, because if I ate whenever I was hungry, I wouldn't be out here. Like, truth, truth, yeah. So Dexter gets up and starts to head towards the house. And Eric's like, hey, you want to go to Peterson's? And Dexter stops and turns around and says, what's that? And Eric's like, well, Peterson's is like a supermarket, you know, food. So Eric, of course, like, hey, you got any money? And Dexter's like, yeah, it's in my bedroom. Dexter pulls off this rock that they have sitting on top of these other two rocks, kind of keeping the frog in there. And he's like, hey, what do you want to do about him? Eric's like, well, we could burn him. What? What? Eric! Oh, my God! You are a dark, dark individual. And, of course, Dexter gives Eric the dirtiest look. Like, we're not doing that. And he just takes the frog. You know, he, he lets it go. Like, okay, we've had our fun with you. Bye. Upstairs in Der- uh, Dexter's. Why keep saying Derek? <laughs> um, upstairs in Dexter's bedroom. He's got this uh, model of a spaceship. And he pulls the top off of it. And he's just a wad of money and change comes out. And I love how Dexter is just kind of hanging from the rafters. Like, whoa, where'd you get all that money? Eric says. And Dexter's like, oh, he's kind of counting the money out. He's like, oh, you know, fines and stuff like that. And Eric's like, what are those? Like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Eric's wearing like an arm, a green army helmet. Oh, um, Dexter says allowance and fines. Oh, Eric dictates t- dick. Takes dick. Tate's these terms. He's like, hey, great, since I know where the store is, I'll be the navigator, and you can be the treasurer. As they start to head downstairs. And, of course, Dexter's like, well, what does the treasurer do? Carries all the money and pays for things. And, of course, Dexter's like... Oh, you mean I have to, like, pay for us both? And Eric's like, well, I'm navigating for us both. You wanted to be fair, don't you? Like, oh, God, he is so taking advantage. Well, you, you know where the store is, Eric. Why don't you just say it's a fee for my services to take you to Peterson's? Even though it's like his mom just bought, but granted, those rice cakes were probably for her. They weren't for Dexter. I mean, I'm sure if he wanted a rice cake, she would give him one. My grandma um, had rice cakes, and I always asked, like, hey, can I have a, a rice cake? She usually got the caramel ones, which are really good. At one point, Quaker Oats, this was back, like, 11 years ago. They had a creme brulee. I think it was, like, vanilla creme brulee rice cakes, and they were so, so good. Oops. So as they're walking down the stairs, Dexter, of course, asks, like, how far is Peterson's? And Eric's like, well, it's not far. Why? Because Dexter, you know, of course, you know, with this disease, it, you know, he's got to take a lot of medication. He also really gets tired if he's, you know, got to walk very far, which is understand This got to sap your energy and stuff like that. I like this form of travel on that inner tube. That is so cool. So, while they're on their way to Peterson's via this inner tube, as Eric's, you know, paddling along here, it's that's got to be the best form of travel in, in the summertime, definitely. Just your feet are hanging out in the water, you're just chilling, and they're, it's like a little crick. It's not a big deal. <clears throat> but, um, Eric is talking about this study that was done at a college between a shark and... Was it a tiger or a lion? Okay, so it's between a lion and a shark. And Dexter says, well, if it happened in the ocean, the shark would win. If it happened on land, the the lion would win. And he's like, well, how much water did they use in this experiment? And, of course, Eric says, about two feet. Apparently, they did research on this at Stanford University. And, of course... Dexter thinks the lion would win, but turns out I guess the shark won with two feet of what? Really? And the shark's 11 feet long. And Dexter's like, gee, I'm kind of horrified. Like, wow, they let two animals fight each other till they killed each other? And apparently, no, they just let them fight long enough to see who would win. And apparently they did this at Stanford University. I want to see if there's any actual real proof of this. Yeah, I wonder if this was just put into the movie. Like, there's not actually been any real research. I think that you're just blowing that out your ass there, Eric. So, Eric's dad is in New Orleans. As they're talking about the the river that they're on. Um, every drop of it, according to Dexter's mom, land, eventually lands in the Mississippi, which leads to New Orleans. So, we get a Led Zeppelin reference, which I thought... This was also brought up in the movie The Client. So I'm guessing maybe Brad Renfro is into Led Zeppelin. Because Dexter does ask, like, Eric, like, what's your dad do? And he says, I'm guessing that Eric's dad sells auto insurance. So, um, I love how when he says, do you know who Led Zeppelin is? Dexter's like, no. Well, do you know who their lead guitar player is? He doesn't even know the band. He's not going to know. because Dexter's like, oh, let me guess. Is it your dad? Like, he doesn't know. But apparently Eric's dad sells insurance. He sold, like, Jimmy Page, the lead guitarist, uh, car insurance for a Pontiac Trans Am. Eric is so proud of that fact. Like, I have a connection to Led Zeppelin through my dad. So now we're at Peterson's, and we get a shot of, if that's Mr. Peterson himself, I'm not sure, because he's gotten an old-fashioned cash register. This is 95, but then again, it's a small town. It's probably a small little store that just sounds like candy and other crap like that, and the guy is just like peering over like watching Dexter and Eric go through the candy aisle. I notices the uh the gum cinnaburst. I wonder do they still make that? So the boys are looking at the candy that's like right in front of the register and eric's like hey do you uh do you know what you want to get and dexter's like well i don't know it's been a while since i've had any real candy my mom just has me eating a lot of vegetables and stuff which yeah so eric grabs an entire box of butterfingers like oh you gotta try this. he takes the box over to another aisle and just rips open a candy bar like here Take a bite of it. And the guy at the register says nothing. He's just eyeing them with, like, a stink eye. Like, I see you boys. I know what you're doing. And even Dexter keeps glancing at the cash cashier, like, looking at Eric, like, are we allowed to do this? And, of course, Eric's just, Eric is like, well, of course. I mean, what? how do you know what you're going to get? How do you know if you even like the candy? It's like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't just rip open a candy bar and just start munching away on it before you pay for it. Until money has exchanged hands and you get a receipt, that candy bar is property of that store. I love, yeah, the way that Eric, he's got his back position, so he's blocking Dexter's view and the cashier's view from Dexter. So yeah, that guy's gonna get suspicious, like, what are those boys doing over there? And he doesn't say a damn thing. And there are other people in this store, too, so... This makes me want a Butterfinger. Because Dexter takes a bite out of this candy bar, and he's like, oh, wow, this is really good. Of course, it's like Eric's got that full box. Like, all right, get out your money. We're going to buy the entire box of candy. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. What do you think the candy bars were in 1995? I bet they were probably maybe 50, 60 cents back then. Now, they're at least a dollar, if not a little more. I can't believe the price of a 20 ounce of a Diet Coke. A 20 ounce is $1.99. And you can get, on a good day with the deal, you can get a 2 liter of Diet Coke for a buck, or maybe a buck and a half or something, depending. But normally, it's just nuts. It's like... A two liter is like one eighty nine or whatever, and then a twenty ounce is two dollars bullshit, total bullshit, oh I mean, yeah, like people are like, oh, I wanna save twenty cents here. I'm gonna lug around this heavy two liter instead of this twenty ounce that would probably fit in my back pocket, so to help you know Dexter. You know, it's a walk from this sort of home. He Eric gets a cart and he's got the inner tube and the paddle underneath on the on the bottom part of it. He's in the middle of the road pushing this cart, and of course we see a garbage truck right behind them. Honking the horn, like, get the hell out of the road, kids! What the hell? That the, guy's got his hand on the horn, like, you need to get over because I am now in the lane of uh, uh, oncoming traffic. And of course, Eric's like, you an asshole. And it's like, uh, no, buddy, you are in the wrong. Yeah, the guy on the end of the garbage truck says, get out of the road, go on. So yeah, Dexter's got a makeshift uh, paper. Bag that he cut out like um, a hole for his head to go through, and then the arms. That's kind of cool. And <laughs> um, he's like pointing the oar, like, all right, three degrees right. Eric's got some like rocks and stuff like that that he throws. Of course, he misses, knocking over uh, the trash can. So and of course, the bullies, the three bullies from the beginning of the movie show up, and they're like, hey, how much you pay for that? You, you, you know, you're calling him the, that. I don't like it. Pisses me off. And the one guy's like, hey, you took a wrong turn. This is a no homo zone. Like, what the? Damn you people. Damn you people and you're prejudiced. Your Eric defends Dexter. He's like, hey, he's not a homo and neither am I. All right. He got it from a blood transfusion. Like basically fuck off. Of course the bully's like, oh, what's that awful smell? Eric goes, oh, he's got a good one. He's like, well, we were walking across the grass and we accidentally stepped in your mother. (laughs) Oh, the mother jokes back in the 90s. Not the yo mama jokes, but the... What is is he calling the kid's mother a hoe? Or a whore? Or what? And of course, no one disgraces someone's mother without... Possibly getting their ass kicked. Like, no, you don't disgrace a mother. Your mother might be the biggest hoo-ha in the world, but you can't, you're not going to stand for someone disgracing them. That's just, it's like people that talk about, like you can talk bad about your town if you want to, but someone else comes along and says shit. It's like, oh, hell no. Oh, Eric is ready to throw down with that. (laughs) He is ready to throw down with that rock i'm gonna play this clip as eric really like really defends dexter to these three guys like i didn't to really take all of you on well basically just a later, mr blonde hair over there with the earring can't hit us all with that i'm going be aiming at you. so stand by me so stand by me He fell off the jungle gym at school. Dad had to take him to the hospital. He could have caught something then. Yeah, but he didn't. But he could have. Then everybody would be calling him faggot and queer. And he'd get sick and die. And they'd write a homo on his headstone. <laughs> then when your mother went to bring him flowers, she'd see little Eddie Horner homo. And you know what the worst part of battle would be? Probably before he died, a bunch of assholes like you who ain't sick thought it might be fun just to beat the shit out of him. So, Eric uses a point of reference to be able to get, like, he wants to get at this bully. So he's like, hey, what about your little brother? And, of course, the bully's like, what about him? Eric's like, well, what about when he fell off the jungle gym at school? He could have caught something then. Remember when he had to go to the hospital? He could have caught something then. All in, you know, with a uh, blood transfusion or whatever. And of course, the boy's like, yeah, but he didn't. And I was like, yeah, but he could have. And then he could have died. And right before he died, some assholes like you came up and thought it'd be fun to beat the shit out of him and say if he did die and uh, your mother went to his gravestone and saw Eddie, little Eddie Horner Homo written on there. I mean, how would that make you feel? And it's like, what I guess he says must be Affect this bully because he's like, it's almost like his eyes and his mind is flashing to that and he actually has a little bit of sympathy towards Dexter as he's like he starts to, well, the one weird kid with a big weird looking head, like duck head is just like oh man Anyway, he, he says to the bully, like, hey, man, let's just beat it, huh? Let's get out of here. So they start to walk away. They originally had the trash can covers to use to block Eric's rock, which the bully's like, you can't hit us all with that. And Eric's like, well, I'm only gonna be aiming for you. And I'm like, that was, like, from Stand By Me. Between, uh, the Gordy LeChant and the Ace showdown where he says, you can't shoot us all with that gun. And Gordy's like, I'm only going to be aiming at you, Ace. I'm like, yes. So, um, yeah. And the bully turns around right before he starts to walk me. He's like, hey, um, I'm sorry you're sick. And, of course, Dexter's like, yeah, thanks. Well, could have left it at that. Could have left it at that. Not a problem, right? Eric makes it worse. He's like, he, 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 he's aching. He's, he's got that rock in his hand. He's aching to throw that and just, ugh. So he chucks it up, hits that bully right in the back of his head. He goes down, clutching the back of his head like, ugh! And he yells to his car and he's like, go get him! Of course, it's like, okay, they're on a hill with that cart, that grocery cart, and Eric and Dexter start going down that hill like, it, that thing is ramping up speed. And it's like, of course, remember that garbage truck? That is just down the road from us? Oh like, crap! And of course, they're like, taking up trash and everything, so they gotta stop. And it's like, we are gonna crash into this garbage truck if, but of course it's like, Eric's like, go, go! And, of course, no, they're stopping. Luckily, Eric puts his foot on the wheel to try to, you know, slow it down a little bit. And of course, right (laughs) there, trying to, this old lady, of course, of course, classic, Old lady's got to cross the street. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And Eric's like, move your ass, lady. (laughs) They avoid hitting her. Like, oh my God, no. They all, okay, so they almost hit the lady before they encounter the freaking garbage truck again. And it's like, Eric, Eric's like on the back of this grocery cart. And poor little Dexter is like inside the cart. That's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It's like, I don't even want to imagine what would happen if they were to hit that thing going at the speed that they're going. Luckily, Eric and Dexter just kind of skirt by it. And of course, you see Eric flicking them off in the rearview mirror. <laughs> now they just release that cart. Like, bye cart. Bye, the adventure was fun. I don't want to see you again. So, man, this is really freaking heavy, this movie. Is Eric's like, see, because I called them that back, they know I'm not one because a person like that wouldn't shout that to another person. Because, like, if I was one, I wouldn't be shouting that at them. So he's telling, De- Eric's telling Dexter, see, you should have called them that too, because now they're going to think you're one. And I get, Dexter's like, I don't feel right saying that. It's like, yeah, Eric, stop putting stuff in that boy's head. So, who is he talking about? Um, Dexter's saying, well, they're nice to me, and they play games with me at the hospital. And Eric turns to Dexter, like, you played games with, And, of course... Dexter's like, can we please just change the subject? It's like, I've had enough of this talk. I don't want to talk about this anymore. And of course, Eric kind of laughs at all. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know about you. And Dexter's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? It's like, Eric, you are walking a fine line of being minus the only friend you have. You need to dial it down. You need to dial it back. Dexter just gives um, Eric the paddle. Says, you know, I'm going inside. Bye. And yeah, Eric, Eric's realized, like you messed up, buddy. You need to say something fast otherwise you're going to be minus a friend. Dexter does not even look back at Eric as he's walking to his house. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, you want to play Nintendo?" And Dexter just saying like, mm, "No." Dexter excuses himself to take a nap because he's kind of tired. So Eric's like, "Hey, um maybe we should work on the mud fort, mud fart, Mud fort tomorrow, you want to?" And Dexter's like, mm, "Okay." dinner time at eric's place they're actually having a real meal because his mom actually is home she doesn't get home for dinner very often and eric is of course distracted he's playing with one of those like little toy cars that you like pull back and just zips across the table and he goes to get it and his mom's like just leave it there she's not even paying attention to him she's like looking at the paper And he's just like, oh, why can't I eat in the living room? She's like, I don't get home for dinner very often. I thought we could have dinner as a family. Oh Yeah, I love how she's sucking down that red wine. (laughs) Part of being a family, yeah. Uh Uh-huh, real family-like. So Eric's mother's like, oh, uh, someone I know saw that little, quote-unquote, aid boy down at Peterson's. And, of course, she's looking at the newspaper. And Eric's like, what, it's in the newspaper?! And she says, like, well, I've seen him in the backyard, but I didn't think that he ever left the house. Like, oh, my God. So Eric kind of broaches the subject kind of cautiously, like, um, I, um, I heard him coughing the other day. And his mother, off on her own, like, reading the paper world, is like, oh, I, <clears throat> I heard him coughing the other day. Like, oh, yeah. Well, she's like, well, that, that fence is there, so you won't catch anything. Like, my God. So Eric's like, well what if he wants to come over and play? And she's like, well then just make up some excuse. She's like, you're so good at it. She's pouring herself more wine. She's barely touched what's in Oh, oh oh no 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 Okay. No, the cup that she's using is red. Okay. Yeah. Well oh, she definitely needs a refill. Well you just drink from the bottle. And Eric's like, Well what if I bump into him out on the street? And his mother, his mother, of course, has no idea that he and Dexter are hanging out. She's like, oh, it's very simple. Just keep a safe distance. And Eric's like, what's a safe distance? Now we cut to Dexter's backyard and they're hanging out in the backyard on the steps. I think she says, what, seven and a half feet? (laughs) So the height of a baseball, a basketball player or something. Seven feet, not seven and a half. Okay. (laughs) And Eric's like, well, I guess that rules out sleepovers. And Dexter's like, um... My mom actually wants you to come over to dinner. And Eric, of course, like, well, it's cool. I mean, my mom's working late, so it's no big deal. And Dexter's, like, kind of warning. I'm like, oh, I gotta tell you, she kind of calls me sweetie. And Eric's just like, sweetie, really? <laughs> and, of course, we cut to the dinner table where his, uh, Dexter's mom's like, here, more carrots, sweetie. And, of course, we cut to Dexter's, like, like reaction like, don't say anything Eric. <tailed> Eric is really like biting his lips trying not to like burst out laughing. So Dexter's mother excuses her- herself to go get some dessert for them. And as soon as she's gone, Eric just lays the Dexter like, hey sweetie, you want, you didn't finish your mashed potato love muffins. <laughs> So, Dexter's mother comes back in with a tray that has ice cream sundaes, and they have the little, like, colored umbrellas. Like, oh, that is so cool! So, now we cut to the dinner table, and Dexter and his mom are just completely like, whoa, Eric finished that whole ice cream sundae. And we cut to a shot of Eric's hand clutching... His napkin, which is covered with chocolate sauce, and his hand is covered with chocolate sauce. He's got a chocolate sauce like mustache goatee all over the place. It's like this kid has been living off butterfingers in the microwave. So <laughs> yeah, he does not get home cooked meals hardly at all. So I, I love Dexter's mom's reaction. It's just, oh my gosh, this kid is, oh my gosh, he's amazing. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she's like, so, um, Dexter tells me you have a girlfriend. And, of course, Eric's like, well, yeah, I mean, I did, but I had to dump her. Span, span, (laughs) span. Yeah. (laughs) So, Dexter brings up how Eric's dad has a girlfriend named Cindy. And Eric mentions how, well, yeah, when my dad and his girlfriend, they get settled in their new apartment, they may be going down there. And, of course... Dexter's mom is like well you really How does your mom feel about this And of course Eric's like Well we I mean we haven't Really discussed it we haven't Really talked about it and of course You know that Dexter's mom is like Oh well I would love to meet your mother Eric And he's like well I mean she works quite A bit like 22 24 hours a day <laughs> Well he doesn't say it like laughing Like I am he's like wow What does she do 20, 22 hours a day. Yeah, she sells real estate. And just the look on Dexter's mom's face, like, my God. What does your mom do for a living, Eric? 20, 22 hours a day? Holy I'm like, does she work at the hospital? And at night, she works at the mini mart. Really, she does, does she? So Eric's trying to paint this picture like, my mom, you're... I'm probably not ever going to be able to meet her because she's like, never around. It's almost like Dexter's mom has just got a raised eyebrow looking at Eric like, I'm really trying to suss out whether or not this boy is really telling me the truth. <laughs> and Dexter, meanwhile, is kind of watching this exchange between his mom and Eric. And he's kind of fiddling with this pen with a cap on it and he looks at his mom and is like oh 25 cents cause she, his mom's got short hair but she does still kind of try, try to you know twirl the ends a little like maybe when she's nervous and he's like 25 cents <laughs> and of course Eric's like what's that and Dexter says well my mom has to pay me a quarter every time she like plays with her hair <laughs> Oh, so that's wow how long has he been holding on to that money So Eric is like, hey, are you going to finish your ice cream sundae? Because it looks like Dexter really hasn't touched it, which, that's a lot of ice cream for a kid. I mean, clearly Eric's starving to death, so he finished the whole thing. But he's like, hey, if you're not going to finish. But I definitely understand Dexter's mom's hesitation where she says, the doctors say it's really probably not a big deal, but when it comes to other people's kids, we would rather be safe than sorry. So, yeah, they don't want to, I understand. Yeah, they definitely don't want to take any chances. And Eric's like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. And then he jumps into this whole like, hey, when we find the cure, we're going to go down to Baskin Robbins, we're going to get one of those ginormous sundaes that they serve in a trash and we're all gonna dig in and of course you see Dexter's mom's reaction to that is like yeah sounds like a good idea I mean you got it all figured out there don't you Eric (laughs) she's got this polite tight-lipped smile on her face like it's not gonna happen So Dexter's mom excuses herself. She takes, um, Dexter's ice cream to the kitchen and Dexter mentions like, she's worried that they won't find a cure in time, which is terrible because even in 2019, there is still no cure for AIDS. That's basically what this summer and this friendship is built upon is the fact that, hey, we're going on this journey to help Hopefully, save your life, which is going to come up when um, an opportunity they read something about a supposed doctor so and so. And the National Enquirer has found the cure for AIDS in his backyard. Blah, 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 blah. But before that, of course, they got to go through this whole plant experiment because they're going to watch The Medicine Man. So Dexter and Eric are in the backyard, kind of hanging out, just playing with their fort and stuff like that, and Eric's like, well, what if they don't find the cure? And Dexter is so confident, like, I'm sure they will eventually find it. Maybe not in our lifetime. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, as long as they're still doing testing and stuff like that, there's always a chance. So Eric... Tells Dexter, like, maybe they're not looking in the right place for the cure. And Dexter's like, what are you talking about? So Eric's like, hey, have you ever seen the movie The Medicine Man? So now they're going to watch The Medicine Man. And this is going to, like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's start looking at plants that we think might help find the cure for AIDS. I know it's, you know a child's way of trying to come up with a solution to a problem. But Eric is just like, this is Eric's one and only friend, his best friend, and he just, he wants to help him out. He doesn't want Dexter to be sick. Now, I've never seen The Medicine Man. I know it has Lorraine, is it Bronco? Bronco? And then it's got Sean Connery, I think. So we get a shot of The Medicine Man where... Lorraine Bronco, it looks like she's just frustrated because she's kind of bent down and her hands are just like stretched out like, they're searching for a cure for cancer or wait, no, what? hold on. You found the cure for cancer and all you can say is, I know. Is that a guinea pig? Because it looks too big to be a rat. It doesn't have a long tail either. What is that? Um, I'm eating my own little candy dish here of horrible gummy bears, Reese's Pieces, hot tamales, and milk duds. They've been in the fridge, so I gotta let them get warm in my mouth. So Dexter is watching the movie like, so you want me to eat a flower? And Eric is like, well, I mean, it could be all sorts of plants and stuff. So they come up with this fun experiment. Well, I think it's more fun for Eric because he's not the one that's eating these plants. Dexter's like, well, my mom has me eating a lot of the vegetables. And I love Eric's line, well, I eat nothing but candy and I never get sick. Yeah, that's going to come up later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we can see you eat nothing but candy. I'm surprised you still have teeth left in your mouth, Eric. Interesting. So Eric is like, someone gets sick and all they're eating is vegetables. What's the one thing they stop eating? She's like, candy. Let's get a bunch of candy and we're going to mix it together and just see how you feel. Oh my god. There's so much candy. Trident gum. Good in plenty. Um, Chuckles. Butterfingers, of course. Probably a Mounds bar. Maybe a Reese's Pieces, or Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Carefree gum. Is that one of those Toblerone type bars? The way it's kind of shaped, the thing's shaped like a triangle? Well, Erica's I gotta hand it to Eric. He has really thought this through. He's got a graph. He's got a just a poster board just filled out like a, a graph section with like different candies, mixing them, checking um, Dexter's temperature, and all that good stuff. Meanwhile, we see this cat. I believe it does belong to Dexter and his mom. Don't get the cat's. The cat's beautiful. Pure, white, long-haired cat. Maybe a Persian or something, I don't know. Actually, what I thought was a good and plenty actually says good and fruity. So, yeah, let's look at this chart that Eric put together. Oh, my goodness. He put so much work into this. It says the periodic, which I don't think periodic is spelled correctly, periodic table of the candies. Interesting. Okay, he actually got it right, almost right, except for instead of that A, -A D-A-C, it's D-A-C, it should have been D, I see. So he's got periodic table, but anyway. So we got categories here. We got nut bars, we got fruit chewies, we got sours, we got gum. Below, what I'm seeing, I see uh, suckers, licorices. One says, com- I think it says like combinations, but I'm not sure. So nut bars, we got payday, Snickers. Uh, What the heck is that thing down there? Uh, what well, looks like maybe Mars, we got Almond Joy, we got Baby Ruth, Peanut M&M's, which isn't really a nut bar, but it's got nuts in it, Fruit Chewy's, Now and Later, Laffy Taffy, um, Juju, Bees, Skittles, Mike and Ike, Good and Fruity. Gummy savers, so they must have lifesaver life saver gummy savers back then. They have good and plenty under the licorices, okay. Under the suckers, they got ring pops. They got sugar, I hated sugar daddies, Ugh. Blow pops. Under sours, they got zaps. They got so- sour patch kids were around in 95? Wow, I didn't know that. Um, something that looks like. Let's see, sprees. Um, let's see, what's it? Sweet, I think those are sweet tarts. Something that says, like, this is sharp tarts. Which, yeah, alright. That's basically all I can make out of that chatter. So, Dexter's not really, he's like, you know, this just looks really stupid, Eric. And Eric's like, you know what? About 50 years ago, some guy found some mold growing on bread. You want to know what it turned out to be? Penicillin. Aspirin. Yeah. Oh, some mold growing on bread and the guy fed it to people? And he's like, yeah, that turned out to be aspirin. Like, okay, all right. We got a clearer picture. Oh, good, good. All right. Nut bars, payday, Snickers, Mars, Almond Joy, o. Henry, Goobers, Baby Ruth, Chunky, Turtles, Peanut M&Ms, Fruit Chewies. Now and later, Laffy Taffy, Starbursts, Gummy Savers, Good and Fruity, Ju- Juji Fruits, Skittles, Mike and Ike, Jolly Joes, Len and Mel, Sours, we got Shop Tarts, Dinosaur Eggs, Screaming Yours, something, Sweet Tarts, Blue Rest, Spree, zaps, Sour Patch Kids, Taft Tarts, there's something below that said Hard M you emulations, there's Jolly Rancher under that. Uh, gum, I see we got bubble, or babbly um, uh, bubbly. Trident, big red juicy fruit, chick, something carefree, dentry, Try. It looks like it could be Trident, Cinnaburst, bubble, probably bubble yum. Oh, this cat, okay, the cat is just hanging off the top of the- he's just kind of- li- he she is leaning against the top of that board um eric is being really scientific here he's taking dexter's temperature as he's trying these candies just seeing how the his temperature is if it changes at all this kid is really like in deep with this like i am like he's he wants to be the one to find the cure he wants to help his friend so, combination of Butterfinger and Bubble Lick, oh, you're going to chew on a candy bar, and you're also going to have a piece of gum in your mouth. That is going to be so gross. Those things don't go together. And what's funny is Dexter is all, you know, like, all right, I'll try it. But he's like, I don't see why you have to try all this stuff, too. And Eric's like, well, have you ever heard of a controlled group? Because, you know, someone who's, you know, taking it, like, is sick, and then you got to have a normal person take it and compare results or something. Remember how Eric said, I eat c- nothing but candy all the time and I never get sick? Uh, well, he just broke that record. Yep, he broke that streak. He is, it's nighttime, he is tossing and turning in bed. He's like, whoa, whoa, blah, blah, blah. So, it's the next morning, Eric seems to be feeling better, because he's got his inner tube, like, hey, Dexter's mom, is Dexter here? And, uh, she is not too happy to see Eric, her arms are folded, like, hello there. So, it's like, is Dexter here? And she's like, well, he is, but he's grounded, and Eric's like, oh, oh, why? And she says, well... Dexter used up all his money buying candy, like, yeah, and who's, hmm, hmm, whose idea was it? Eric, was that you? Yeah, it was you. Nice, yeah, nice going there. So Eric <laughs> knows that she knows, like, uh, Eric had a hand in, in that, so he's like, oh, okay, and he turns to go, and he's like, oh, um, how long's he grounded for? And she's like, well, just tomorrow. So, she's like, well, what's with the inner tube and the paddle? And Eric's like, well, we were going to play submarine. And she, she's got to stand in her ground. You know, grounded is grounded. I'll see you tomorrow. So, she takes a second and she's probably thinking, like, this is my son's only friend. And in her mind, she's probably thinking, like, who knows how long Dexter has. So, she's like, wait, 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 wait. She screams up to Dexter. Dexter's like, what? She's like, get your ass down here. I'm changing your punishment. I'm ordering you to play with Eric. (laughs) I love how when they're walking away, Dexter's got the paddle, Eric's got the inner tube, of course. And of course... Eric, right away, denounces the whole candy experiment, like, I told you a candy experiment was a stupid idea. Like, no, Eric, he told you, Dexter told you. Uh, Ah, he's like, meh, stupid idea. So, they're gonna go try plants, which is very, very dangerous. They don't know what these plants are, they don't know if they're safe or poisonous. So, Eric's looking at a plant, and Dexter kind of raises the question, which maybe we all would have this question, um, where do bugs go to the bathroom? And Eric's like, well, not on plants. And Dexter's like, why? And Eric says, because even bugs aren't stupid enough to shit on their own food. That's gonna come back in just a moment. So... They're back at home, they got like a Bunsen burner, oh, not a Bunsen burner, but um, a little hot plate thing that they boil, or maybe stove, they're boiling some water, and the water is brown. Do they put like one of those little, um, beef cubes in there? That's what I always think, like, hey, they put like a beef cube into like, beef up the water, and so like, oh, we'll make it kind of like a little soup here. Oh, here's this leaf that I'm going to put in here, and you're going to try it. And, of course, it's not good, which it wouldn't be. And, of course, Dexter drinks it, like, ugh, tastes like crap. Eric takes it from him and says, of course it does. You know where bugs go to the bathroom? But, of course, he's like, here, let me put some sugar cubes in it. Dexter drinks like, ugh, now it tastes like sweet and crap. Ugh. So this is a very dangerous game that Eric is kind of playing here with Dexter. Like, he thinks because he saw the medicine man that you're just going to go out, find a plant, and magically it's going to cure Dexter's disease. It's like, that's not how that works. And you're just putting your friend in danger of getting even sicker. So now we kind of get an, uh, a montage here of them, like, pulling leaves off of... They even go into some lady's backyard and take, like, cut part of a flower or something. So I like that Eric at least has a food... Uh, not a food journal. <laughs> um A leaf journal here. It has leaf. It has the picture of the leaf. Well, not a picture. It has the actual leaf kind of pasted in there. Location of where they found it. And then also Dexter's temperature, which is around... The one they found under the a bridge, his temp is 99.7. One they found near the swimming pool, his temperature is 100. And one they found by the church on the corner, his temperature is 100. My God, there is a really spiky looking plant that it's like one of those things you don't want to touch it because you know you're going to get poked by it. And Eric's like, what, are you afraid to try it? And Dexter's like, I'm afraid to touch it. I mean, I know they got, like, cute little lavender purple, like, little fluff ball, but, ew. Oh, Dexter's temperature is at, like, 101 now with the, um, but I guess Eric says that's okay. I thought if your temperature is over 100, that's not good. Right? So, Dexter notices his mom is home, and he and Eric run up the stairs. And this is a cute little prank that they fall on, Dexter's mom. Okay, so this house has two stairways up to the top, because we see this inflatable alligator as... Dexter's mom is coming up the stairs, boom, they land it launch it like right at her. And of course she's like got the mail and everything. She's minding her own business, calling out for her son, all of a sudden, poof, like ah <laughs> and they <laughs> they run down the elevator. Like, oh and you see that she was a little shocked at first, but now it's like she's starting to like laugh at all of them. Okay, okay, that was cute, that was cute. So she says, Dexter Is your friend Eric staying for dinner again? He probably stays over, like, almost every night for dinner. And Dexter says, Waka! And, of course, Eric translates and says, That means yes, white woman. (laughs) They've been watching a lot of uh, Medicine Man. I'm sure they could quote the movie by that point. They probably watch it a lot. I should watch The Medicine Man. I have never seen it. I also wanna to watch Tootsie. I was listening to the uh four finger discount Simpsons podcast and it's really, really good. I really like it. Um but they're mentioning about the movie Tootsie and I'd never seen it because I was listening to the season two episode where uh this it's called Lisa's Substitute, um, where uh Dustin Hoffman plays her substitute teacher, Mr. Birkstrom Yeah. So So they're in the store and Dexter's just hanging off the back of the cart, and these kids got way too much energy for being 11, 12, 13 years old because they are, boom, all over the place. Oh, well, I don't know where this might have been shot. If It's an actual place because I'm seeing, like, a shelf of, like, VHSs for rental. It's, like, one of those convenience stores that also you can rent movies at because I see Free Willy. I see Free Willy. I see a few good men. I see Groundhog Day, what else do I recognize there, let me see, Um, they're all kind of a blitter, but I do see Free Willy, they are flying high with the energy right now, it's like, it's like, you need to calm down, Dexter, and he launches himself backwards off the back end of that shopping cart, like, and he, like, lands on the floor, like, good grief, buddy, Oh, there's also High C up there. Um, and I see some Raisin Bran cereal, some Total cereal. And I I like that nobody's coming up to Dexter's mom saying your son shouldn't be in the store or something like that. Like how they probably did with, with Ryan White. Saying he was spitting on the vegetables and everything. Making up all these lies about Ryan White. And it was that was just horrible. So Dexter's off to get some yogurt and Dexter's mom and Eric are just kind of hanging out there. She's getting some vegetables and she's just like, You guys are very, very wound up today. What's going on? Even Eric is like, Boop. <laughs> so she asks Eric to Dexter takes his his nap today, and he says, woo So I'm guessing that means yes. Um She does something that Back in the nineties, I mean, even though it's not your kid, it's like she kinda of bends down and just kind kisses him on the top of the head, like as a you know, thank you for You know, she genuinely she she likes Eric. She thinks he's a he's a good boy, yeah, he can be a troublemaker and stuff and get Dexter into mischief and everything, but you know, he but she walks off and he just kind of looks and it's like we know Eric's mother is probably never ever given any real affection to him or if she did he's probably too old to remember it which it's like yeah it's just a simple kiss on the head gesture it's just a sweet sweet moment and it's just yeah it's almost like she is dexter's mom is becoming almost like a surrogate not a surrogate but a a a substitute mother for him in a way mother figure so they're eating dinner, and poor Dexter, man, he is, he's dropping like a fly there. He is exhausted. It looks like he just got worn out. But then again, maybe the medication he's on and, and, and the disease and everything is kind of like just taking its toll. Like he is just really, wipes out his energy. Like whatever energy he had at the store, that was it for the day because he is out. And of course, his mom kind of picked him up, carries him, you know, Dexter's a small boy. He's just you know, small for being 11, and he even said, you know, I'm four inches shorter than what is the average height for a boy my age, so she carries him off to bed, and Dexter even apologizes to Eric, who's just kind of sitting there, like, oh, that's cool, whatever, I mean, you gotta go to sleep, you gotta go to sleep, so Dexter's mom take, uh, you know, leads to Eric out of the house just saying, hey, I'm taking Dexter to the doctors and we'll be back around one. So if you want to come around then. So Eric gets about halfway to his house, which is on the other side of his house, and he forgot the notebook. So he goes back and he just sees Dexter's mom just breaking down in tears. Because, you know, Dexter said he had this disease when he was a baby. He's now 11 years old. So he's probably lived maybe 10 years with, you know, the disease, you know, with with AIDS and everything. And it just taking its toll slowly on his body. Even, you know, Ryan White, I, believe, I thought he had gotten um, the AIDS virus, I think, I thought when he was like 12 or 13. And he would have passed away when he was 19. So he lived about six years or so with the disease. And he passed away, I think it was in, let me look. Next year, Ryan White will, next April 20, or not, April 8th of 2020 will be 30 years since Ryan White passed away. He passed away on April 8th, 1990. I would have been seven and a half at that point. I don't even think, honestly, at that point, I don't think i would even heard of Ryan White. I think I first would have heard of him when um, I was 11. I was in fifth grade, and we um, had a sex ed, you know, sex education course that you had to have a permission slip signed. But um, that was my first introduction into Ryan White. Um, when, I think it was like maybe 2004, 2005, that, maybe 2006 that I would have gotten the Ryan... I have the Ryan White biography here. And I had gotten it from the library and it just, you know, read on... It gave really an eye-opening look into Ryan White's life and that of his mother and his sister and everything and everything they went through. I think... Let me check on Netflix real quick. Okay, so the Ryan White story that uh, has Judith White from Who's the Boss, Lucas Haas, and... um. don't remember who played this sister, but, um, this movie came out in 89, and it does talk in the Ryan White story, the book, the biography, about them doing the movie, and how Ryan White does, the actual Ryan White does have a small little cameo in that movie, he plays another HIV, um, uh, AIDS, um, okay, HIV, HIV, okay. After contracting HIV from a tainted blood treatment. Because he was a hemophiliac. So he had to get um, you know, blood that his mother had to um, put put in him and stuff. Um, Ryan White is forced to fight for his right to attend public school. And guys, it is so much more than that. This movie is so good. If you have Netflix, watch this movie. There's also a Mr. Belvedere episode in season 2 called Wesley's Friend about a boy... Named Danny who has the the AIDS virus. And it's it's sad. It really is. Wesley kind of because his friends kind of abandon him for hanging out with Danny. And Wesley's like, I don't I mean, if you if you go on um to the Wonder Years podcast, you will find that episode of Um Mr. Belvedere. So so Eric doesn't go and get his book. He does come home. His mom is there, which is a big surprise because she's hardly never there. She works 22, 20, 22 hours a day. 22 hours a day. That woman does not work at a mini Have you seen her clothes? No, she is a real estate agent. His mother is all about dramatic flair. She's sitting in the living room in the dark. First words out of her mouth because Eric doesn't even see her. She's like, where the hell have you been? Not, hi, honey, I'm home early. Not, I missed you, son. Just, where the hell have you been? What a bitch. She does not deserve him. She does not deserve this boy. So Eric is so good at lies. He says someone named Gordy Johnson, like, invited him to go to the mall and hang out. So she's like, oh, is that that doctor's boy? like, oh, okay, you can hang out with him. Are you fucking kidding me? She, oh, yeah, you you, you should have left a note. She smokes a cigarette. She smokes, too. Not just drinks. She smokes. Ugh, this lady is a fucking mess. Is she really believing him? Because she's like, hey, maybe uh Gordon would like to come with us to see the fireworks. You don't do shit with your kid and you're going to take him to see some fucking fireworks? Are you serious? Really? You, the lady that works 20, 22 hours a day and then goes partying and drinking with the girls from the office is going to take her son to see some damn fireworks. I call bullshit. Next shot, we get a zoom-up shot of a conveyor belt that is loading a bunch of Butterfinger. Again with the Butterfingers. Butterfinger sponsored this movie. They sponsored this movie. I'm sure the commercials had scenes from the movie of the boys chomping on the Butterfingers must have, because it's throughout the entire thing. (laughs) This is so typical. I love this, how Eric is just like, because there's an old lady who's got a change purse. She's like, oh, what? You want a nickel? Oh, let me dig through my my change purse of panties here. And Eric is just about ready to, like, blow up this lady. Because he's, like, right there next to the line. He's like, I need my Butterfingers. Lady, what are you doing? So he finally just goes. And like, here, let me get it, this nickel for you that you need to get. Here, sir. And she like, oh, how sweet of you, young man. Like, Ugh. I'd be ripping out my hair at that point. I'm like, you know what? Hi, ma'am. Would you like me to help you? Oh, here's a nickel. Sir, here you go. Here you go. Okay, everything's good. Thank you. Even the cashier is like, oh, you got to be kidding me, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to get out of work, because this is my day, basically, just old ladies coming in here and, like, digging around in the coin purse for the one coin they can't seem to find. She says, oh, thank you, young man. That's so neat of you. <laughs> ne- neat? <laughs> so, Dexter's over by the looks like tabloids in newspapers because there's a gazette. There's what looks like a National Enquirer because there's a headline about a guy who apparently found the cure for AIDS in his backyard. How many of these things were probably in these type of rag magazines back in the day? Like, I found the cure for cancer. I found the cure for AIDS. I found the cure for hepatitis B, C, and A. Okay, so here we go. It says National Examiner on the headline uh, front and center. New Orleans doctor finds cure for AIDS. Let's see some of these other headlines in yellow up top. We got exclusive photos. UFO saves Kansas farmer from killer tornado. <laughs> Free love cult miracle diet. Psychic lottery winner loses fortune in Vegas. Oh, and very at the bottom. Special pull-out TV stars share favorite... I can't see what that is. Maybe favorite restaurants, favorite foods. I don't know. Secrets to a great sex life? I don't know. Dr. Fishburn. Okay. Mysterious Dr. Fishburn. This is garbage. Kids, don't you know a rag magazine when you read one? Deep in the Louisiana Bayou. You're gonna find the cure for AIDS. No, you're not. So, of course... Because this guy found something in the Louisiana Bayou, this Dr. Fishburne person. That is going to, like, I told you, like, plants, that's where we need to keep looking. This guy found it. I'm sure we'll find it eventually. Of course, Dexter's like, oh, it looks like the government's tried to like hide like it's a mysterious location and everything. Like, why would they hide this information? And Eric's like, because they're embarrassed that this guy went out in his underwear one day and found him in the backyard and found the care for AIDS. So it's like all the money they spent on the research and everything like that. It's just like, oh, you gotta be. They're eleven and twelve, or I'm guessing, yeah, that Eric is twelve. They're 11 and 12, they're reading a rag magazine, they're gullible, they're desperate for for a cure, for answers, for s- some type of a solution that they're willing to believe a national inquisitor, examiner, what have you magazine. So I was like, hey, you think your mom will drive us down there? Like, Are you kidding me? No. So of course, Dexter's like pondering, like, "What well, she might. And then we get back to the house, and she's like, no, I'm not doing that. We will talk to the doctor. I'll show him the magazine. He's going to laugh in our face. I know it. Just, there's no way that this thing is even real. The doctor's going to know before this, yeah. Your doctor, Dexter, your doctor went to college, okay? That guy on the cover of that magazine probably isn't even a doctor. He's nobody. He's nothing. It's photoshopped, probably. I know it's 95, but I'm sure they must have had some form of photoshop back in the day. So Dr. Jensen is Dexter's doctor, and she says that he is going to know before some magazine. I mean, come on. I guess Dexter pulls some popsicles out of the fridge, and he, he is like, well, can you call him? She's like, no, we will find out when you have your appointment. Of course, she takes the box out of Dexter's hand. He's already pulled out two popsicles. And they walk off just gingerly. She's like, oh, really? Oh, really? Like, I didn't see you just sneak two popsicles? Because you like, that is for after dinner. After lunch, excuse me, yes. After lunch, you get a little snack. No, they want it, like, at 10 a.m. They want popsicles. It's hot out. So, while... Eric and Dexter are on the back porch. They're enjoying their popsicles. Dexter brings up the fact, like, remember, Eric, you told me that your dad lived in New Orleans, so maybe he could, like, get some of the special egg secret, secret extra, uh, extract, what have you, from this Dr. Fishburne and, like, mail it to us. And that gets Eric's wheels turning, not to call his dad, but to, hey, let's check out that plant that we just missed the last time. You know, the one with the, uh, the the lavender fuzzy top on it. And Dexter is just like, I don't know. Eric, are you sure? And Eric's like, Yeah, look, if that isn't a plant from, it doesn't look like a plant from the bayous, then I don't know bayous. And I'm like, You don't know bayous, Eric. You don't know. You really don't. I don't. But this plant here is gonna become the, I guess it, is it, how you call it, maybe the catalyst? Um, Because shit's going to go down, shit's going to erupt, guys. It's not going to be a good time. As everything that, you know, he's held this friendship secret from his mom, Eric, has. And shit's going to come to a head. Because she has no idea that Eric is hanging out with Dexter. How this cat is in, in these scenes and they just never acknowledge this cat. It's just there. So Dexter drinks it, it's like, Oh, this is the worst one yet and Eric says, Look, the worse it tastes, the better it is for you. My grandma said that and Dexter's like, You're Kmart Clerk, grandma And he's he Eric's like, Just drink it. So later that night, Eric's just laying on top of his colour covers in his room with a flashlight in the dark, just kind of and he's got an assortment of figurines vacuum figures hanging from the ceiling. And that's kind of important because when we get a shot of this his bedroom ceiling, we see red and blue flashing lights. And Eric looks up like something is really wrong. And now there's a knock on Eric's door. It's Dexter's mom, and she wants to speak to Eric. And, of course, Eric's mother answers, and she's like, Who are you? How do you know my son? What? And... Dexter's mom is really like shaking and her voice is quivering. Like, she's like, I, I, I need to talk to Eric. There's, there's some type of plant that he gave my son. And meanwhile, Eric's mom is just looking at her like, What? Who? Who are you? And luckily, Eric is kind of peeking around the corner. And Dexter's mom says, Eric, Eric, she actually comes into the house. Like, Eric, I need to know what plant you gave dexter because it made him very very sick so luckily eric zips upstairs and he's got the notebook and he gives it to her says i found it right down there by the river and dexter's mom kind of runs off gives it to the police so they can kind of figure out what kind of plant it is eric is standing there on the porch almost like he knows what's gonna go down and I noticed we get a shot of, I'm guessing, the yard next to theirs because there's a few people that are, like, hanging out on the lawn in their pajamas, or bathrobes, also, kind of watching the commotion. And she just, Eric's mother's, like, back inside now. And you guys know, as soon as that door shuts, if you guys don't like watching child abuse, you would want to skip over this scene because this is not good. She grabs him, covering his ears with both her hands, turns him around to face her, and in a shaky voice, she's like, What were you thinking? And Eric is just, he is in shock. And she just slaps him across the face, like, Tell me, tell me! She's like, Are you trying to fucking kill us both? Because that kid doesn't have measles, he has AIDS. So so she shoves him against the wall and says there is going to be some big changes. As we overhear her on the phone with Dexter's mom saying, I do not want your son over here. I do not want my son over there. They are not to have any contact with each other. I don't care that they're friends. He comes in contact with my son, and I will call the police. And she even tells to Eric, like, I told her, that she sets one foot on my property, and I will have her ass in jail. Holy shit. And she says, oh, tomorrow morning, your ass is on a bus to Colorado. You're going to summer camp. I, like, I don't care what it costs. So, yeah, she's... Right outside his door tells Eric that Dexter is going to be fine, thank God. But she says that Dexter's mother is on full warning that if she allows her son to see you, I'll have her ass thrown in jail. Like, can she do that? Really? I don't, really? Oh, she says come Monday morning your ass is going to summer camp, gotcha. So, Eric jumps on the phone to his dad. His dad's not there. He and Cindy are in Lake Charleston, I think, for the weekend. So, Eric goes over to Dexter's. He hatches a plan. Let's go down to New Orleans ourselves. And try to find the cure. Dexter, of course, is like, well, what are we going to sleep? What are we going to eat? All the important questions that someone who wants to throw a road trip together or something like that at the last minute, you got to think of these logical questions. Like, where are we going to sleep? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to get money? And Eric's like, don't worry about that. Look, come Monday, I am gone. I'm out of here. My mom's throwing me on a bus to summer camp. So we got to do this. This is our only chance. No, well, actually, uh, Eric says he talked to his dad that they can stay down there. Like, hey, I can even talk my dad into taking us fishing. And he's like, come tomorrow morning. I am out of here. I'm gone. And Dexter's like, I'm worried. My mom's really worried. This isn't a good idea. And Eric is really pressuring Dexter. Like, you have to do this. Your mom's already worried. Can you imagine if we found the cure for AIDS, how happy she'd be? So Dexter agrees to go. We see in a voiceover the letter he wrote his mom saying, hey, don't worry, Eric and I are just going off to find the cure. He basically says we're going to be sensible, responsible. Also, can you tape Star Wars on this date at this time on this channel on TV? Thank you. This is such a cool, like he said it's dark out and he set this whole thing up. This is amazing. This little raft contraption with the inner tube. Oh, and I love how they have that floating alligator crocodile. That inflatable one. So it's just a montage of them floating on the river and everything with this thing. Oh, and Dexter did mention to his mom, like, don't worry, I did bring my medication with me. It's like, yeah, but how much do you have left, though? So there's a, apparently it's like 12,000 miles or whatever to be able to get to New Orleans from wherever they're supposed to be living. And they're only going like three miles an hour on that raft. And Dexter's kind of counting on his fingers, probably trying to figure out how many pills he's got left for how many days. Like, that's he needs those pills to survive, basically. And Dexter's like, we got to come up with a better plan, because this three miles an hour towards new orleans which is twelve thousand miles away is not gonna work we gotta come up with something better than this so the boys are kind of wandering the dock where all these um boats are docked trying to see if there's anybody that actually is going to new orleans i don't know where afta is minneapolis well that's no not that's a no-go memphis ventralia i don't even know where that is guy's grilling off his boat oh my god Peoria well here we go guys oh uh, we got one of the most shiftiest characters on the face of the planet the guy doesn't say where he's going he's like well how much money you got this guy oh his name is pony ugh. not pony boy no we don't get that lucky no pony with the tattoo the shirt off the the Fisher's hat. And Eric's like looking at him like, uh, excuse me, what? And the guy's just like si- sipping on a beer. He's like, hey, you want to ride? You gotta pay for gas. So of course, Dexter, smart boy, goes to the back of the ship to see what the name is on the back. And he's trying to get Eric's attention as Eric is digging around in his sock for money. And... Eric is like, shut up, Dexter, shut up. I got this, don't worry, okay? And he's like, here's my money, here's this wad of cash, I'll give it to you, just get us to New Orleans. Like, frickin' eh? Oh, oh, Eric at first says, hey, I could give you $20. <laughs> the guy laughs in his face, $20, really? He's a man, you want to go to New Orleans for 20 bucks? <laughs> he's probably like, 20 bucks would not even fill up my gas tank. These guys look rough. Come on. These aren't the, these guys look like they would probably murder you in your sleep. They are that shifty looking. So, Eric says 40. That's all I got. Sorry. This guy's even got a tattoo of maybe someone's name just above his nipple. On his bare chest. This guy is gross. I want to see if this dude's done anything else since this movie. He was schoolchild in Gremlins. Yeah, good luck there finding out who... He doesn't even have a name there. He was in seven episodes of Get Along Gang as Leland Lizard? He was in The Burbs. He was in an episode of The Facts of Life. Oh. He was a waiter in Sister Act. He was Tommy in a failed sitcom uh, called Uncle Buck. He was Clint in Dazed and Confused. This is before... The Cure. He was in Knight Rider 2010, which that movie was released in 94. Same year that he was in The Cure, he was in Strange Days. He was also in The Babysitter. He was in an episode of Friends. He was in A Time to Kill. Let's see, what else? Batman and Robin, he played someone named Spike. One True Thing, he was Jordan Belzer was in a movie called Insomnia that starred the late Robin Williams. Uh, he was Harry Sennett in a show called Boston Public. He was in it for 49 episodes. He was in Secondhand Lions as someone named Stan. He was in Schools of Rock as Razor. He's in three episodes of King of the Hill. He was in Sin City as Stuka. He was in one episode of Monk. He was in the movie World Trade Center as a volunteer fireman. The last thing he did, Behind the Candelabra, 2013, as Mr. Y. Also, as I'm recording this today, it's July 25th. Somebody in this movie is celebrating a birthday today. Well, actually, he's R.I.P. Brad Renfro, yes, R.I.P. 2008. It would be his birthday today. Yeah. He was also born in 1982, like myself. So he's like... A month younger than me. No, a month older than me. I'm sorry, duh. <laughs> oh, Eric! No, no, don't! He he pulls out the whole lot of 162. Dollars. Are you kidding me? No! That is so dangerous. If these were two teenage girls, they would probably be... They would be probably murdered. Dexter right away is like, Eric! Eric! He's trying to get Eric's attention, but Eric is like dismissing him. Like, shut up, Dexter. Shut up, shut up, shut up. So, of course, he said, Eric, when they're on the boat, says, he runs over to Dexter and says, Hey, we took this moron pony to the cleaners. The money we gave him won't pay for half his gas. How do you really, really know? Do you know how much it costs to fill up a tank for a boat? There's even, like, what looks like one of those. Like, would be on, like, one of those big fancy cars in Texas. You know, the one that's got, the like, the bullhorns on the front? That's what this thing has on the boat. Dexter breaks it to Eric. Says, this boat is from New Orleans. He's on his way home. So, of course, Eric runs around to check. He's like, son of a... You should have listened to Dexter. He can help you out through the stuff, Eric. You, can't, you gotta be open-minded. You can't always be. It can't always be the Eric show. It's got to be the extra, the Dexter, the, <laughs> the Eric and Dexter show. The boat is called the Floating Bayou, Nor- New Orleans, Louisiana. So now it's nighttime. The boys are sleeping. Well, Dexter's sleeping. He's probably tired. And Eric's got a flashlight out. He's looking at the map. He's talking about how far he's that they've gone so far. And Dexter is just out like a light. And, of course, Eric has to wake him and say, hey, look how far we've gone. So, about five or six days, they'll be down to New Orleans. And Dexter, of course, is like, hey, maybe when we stop for gas, we can call my mom. And Eric's like, well, we can't because we'll trace the call. Like, Are you kidding me? And Eric's like, we'll probably be in this place about one tomorrow. And then he's like, Dex, Dex. I'm like, let him sleep, Eric. He's tired. He's tired. So, Dexter's sleeping, it's during the day, Eric's bored, like, hey, let's go down below and see if they got any, like, games, deck of cards, or something like that. So, as Dexter walks down the stairwell there, he sees Eric rifling through a little closet, he's looking for Monopoly, which he doesn't find, no Battleship, not even a deck of cards, but he finds something else a teenage boy might be interested in. A penthouse magazine! Dexter's never seen a naked girl, apparently. And Dexter, I mean, they got one of those centerfolds, and Dexter's got his head kind of cocked, like, curious, like, wow, are you sure these girls are real? And, of course, Eric's like, yes, of course they're real, because Eric, clearly, he's seen a play. He's he's seen one before. He's seen, seen a naked magazine full of women. And, Dexter makes a comment like, yeah, they don't look like normal girls. I mean, my mom sure does. Like, whoa, ooh, ooh, oh, bad choice of words there. And Eric's like, these aren't moms, Dex. These are women, and they have no clothes on. I would not be touching that magazine. You don't know what was being done with it. Ew. No sanitizer to wash the hands. That is just gross. So Dexter is still convinced, like, these women are not real. How do you know they're not computer animation? And Eric starts listing the interests of the women. Like, would a computer animation, like, walks on the beach or candlelit dinners? No. While they're looking at the porno mag, uh, Eric discovers that there's money in that magazine. $300 to be exact, which is more than what Eric had on him. (laughs) So the boat docks at, we, uh, excuse me. The boat stops at this dock and we got a couple ladies there that I guess have been waiting for, I'm guessing this is Pony's girlfriend and her friend? that they're picking up. So of course, remember, Eric and Dexter are downstairs, and I guess if you want to call it the galley, down below, what have you. And they see these teenage girls, of course, Eric being the hormone boy, as the girls are like climbing onto the boat. He's like turning his head sideways. like you are not getting a peek of anything. So the girls are putting out, well, one of them whose name is Angel, But her tattoo says angle, which Dexter's going to make that very, uh, clear. (laughs) And the girls don't even, like, ask, like, who are these two kids that you picked up? Eric, you are being so obvious right now. She's sitting on the railing while this girl's, like, putting suntan lotion on her chest. And she, um, Angel looks at him and says, hey, can you get my back? And Eric is just like, this is the greatest moment of his life. as he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, someone fucked up that tattoo, definitely. A-N-G-L-E. Yeah. And the tattoo looks like shit. It really does. I can't even tell what the hell it's supposed to be. A cherub? I think it's supposed to be a cherub. So, Dexter's like, are you a model? And she's like, no. And he asks her what her name is. And she says, angel. And he's like, you misspelled your tattoo. It says, it doesn't say Angel, it says Angle. It's like, I think she fucking realizes that, buddy. She takes the suntan bottle from Eric, and (laughs) Eric kind of looks at Dexter, like, you just ruined my good time, bud. So let the tubing fun begin. As Eric is just watching Angel... By herself on the inner tube. Then he's like, hey, it looks funner with two people, doesn't it? Because he's watching that other guy and that girl with the reddish blonde hair, like, making out on the inner tube. And then, of course, we get Eric and Dexter out there. And Eric, or Dexter's having a fun time, and Eric is just like, this isn't what I meant. So Pony decides to, uh, drop anchor by this crappy-looking section of sand. They just want to hit it. They want to get smashed. They want to get laid. They want to get that grill going, make up some T-bones. And, of course, Eric basically invites himself to this party of four. And they all look at him like, (laughs) Next shot, the boys are on the beach with their camping gear and a pitiful fire with their pitiful hot dogs on a stick yeah so eric's screaming back everyone's like hey boys how you like them t-bones and eric is just like his hot dog falls in the fire he's like damn it this sucks this sucks and of course these 20 something year olds are all drunk off their asses so they don't fucking care so it's nighttime eric's sleeping he gets woken up by dexter's having a nightmare and he's all sweaty and everything like that. Um, it's just his dream of just nothing but, but blackness and everything. Just He's, he's scared about what's going to happen at what, you know, when he dies. Because when he wakes up. Eric's like, dang, Dexter, do you piss all over your sleeping bag? And Dexter's like, no, it's just sweat. So Dexter's also shivering. And Eric's like, how can you sweat when you're cold? And Dexter just kind of shrugs his shoulders, and like, I don't know, I just do. I think he's got a fever. He's got a fever. Eric is being such a good friend here. He offers up his shirt to Dexter. His Dexter's clothes are all sweaty. And he even gives up his sleeping bag to Dexter. This is a non-selfish Eric moment. We haven't seen a lot of those. I mean... You know, with the, he he is kind of bossy with with Dexter and stuff, but at least he's uh you know helping his friend out. So Dexter tells Eric that when he wakes up and it's really dark, he gets really scared. He makes it um a Star Wars reference about them saying like like once you get out like past a certain you know mileage and stuff where it's all and, and it's all dark you get further out and everything like there's nothing like what is out there past you know that realm and everything like that and he's just i think Dexter is talking about his mortality and it just it scares him you know and not so many words you know about you know dying and stuff like what happens like if i wake up and it's dark i love this moment with eric how he takes his shoe And he gives it to Dexter and says, well, when you get scared, just take a hold of Eric's shoe and you'll realize that you're back here on Earth, safe in your sleeping bag. And Eric, I'm right, Dexter, I'm right here beside you. It's okay. He is being such a good friend to him. So it's morning time. It's 9 a.m. The 20-year-olds are sleeping off uh, bender." And Eric wants to get going. It's like we need to get to New Orleans. When I gave you that money, you said we're going straight to New Orleans. Of course, Angle Angel, or Angel has to have a like. i ain't gonna kill you to get there. A few days later, and of course, Eric's like, "Shut up, Angle." And of course, Pony gets up and he's like, "Hey, you want me to swim over there and pound your ass?" And Eric's just getting pissed. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And Dexter's over by what used to be the campfire, and he is, like, counting out how many pills he has left until they're gone. Basically, I believe he takes a pill a day. So Eric decides to swim to the boat. Everyone's sleeping off their hangover, and Eric creeps down below and gets that 300 bucks. Mind you, this is 95 $300 was still quite a bit of money. Alright, they got the money, they're on their way. They manage to hitchhike and get a ride at the bus station. Dexter looks exhausted. So Eric goes to get the tickets, only when he turns around, he sees uh, Pony and the other dude like they're searching for the boys. And it's like, dang it, dude! The dude who's like Selling the tickets for the bus lines and shit. It's like, oh, they're right there. Like, ugh! Because Eric goes over there, and Dexter is just, like, asleep on that bench. He's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. I know you don't have any energy right now, Dexter, but we gotta run. So they wind up in some abandoned warehouse, and they can't go any farther. And Eric's got, like, a jackknife. One of those Swiss Army knives. And that's all he has to defend. So Pony's like, where's my money? And of course, Eric's like, hey, we needed to go to New Orleans. Like, you were supposed to take us there. And of course, Pony is like, oh, looking at Eric's little knife. Like, oh, what are you going to do with that? Give me a manicure? And he pulls out this six-inch blade. Holy fuck. Like, this just got serious. This guy... Looks like he would not hesitate to kill both those kids. Of course, Dexter takes matters into his own hands. He grabs the knife and cuts his hand. It's like, yes, this boy does have AIDS. And he's like, this is the only way this guy's going to back off is if I cut myself. And then we notice, guess what? Pony's got scratches on his arm. He's bleeding. It's like, all it's going to take is all Dexter has to do is, like, touch his hand to that guy and... Transmits the disease. And Dexter, well, Eric's like, What the hell are you doing, Dex? And Dexter's like, I'm gonna die anyway. It doesn't matter if he hurts me. He is very brave, like, going toe to toe with this guy. It's like, I have this deadly virus running through my veins and I can transmit it to you. Yeah, and the guy's like, What are you talking about? And Eric's like, He has AIDS. Yeah, that shuts Pony up right, right quick. And Dexter's like, you'd be crazy to stab me. My blood is like poison. One drop would kill you. Pony calls bullshit on what Dexter's saying. It's like, you don't have AIDS. And Dexter's like, you want to try me? And he cuts, he slices his wrist, not, no, excuse me, not his wrist. No, his hand, just like the palm of his hand. Just. Cuts himself. Like, yeah, I'll prove it to you. So we see blood dripping down Dexter's hand. He holds it out like like a shield. And Pony looks, like realizes he's got like bloody scratches on his arm. Like open wounds. And the boys start chasing Pony as Pony, they chase him off. And Dexter says after they chase Pony and the other guy off, he says, Deadlier than the venom of a cobra. So he's wielding that like it's a superpower. And I think that adrenaline that Dexter got after chasing Pony out of there, he's finally realizing, because he's holding the knife in one hand and his hand in the other, and you see the blood dripping down. It's just like, that adrenaline rush that he got, sap what little energy he had in his body. It's like... So, of course, with Dexter's hand bleeding, Eric offers his shirt well his flannel shirt he goes to actually hand it to Dexter Dexter's like no don't so Eric just like tosses it to him like he his hand is cut open and he's bleeding. You really want to be careful with that. Dexter immediately is starting to feel sick. It's like yeah that blood loss is I mean even I mean depending on how deep that wound is that he cut into his hand it's like yeah you need to get some help they go back to uh, the bus station and Eric is, is like he's guys this finding this cure thing is not gonna happen you need to call his mother and he finally does like all right Dexter you just lay here because Dexter's got his arm all wrapped up in Eric's shirt so. So, yeah, they get off, at the the bus drops him off, Dexter's mom is there, and Dexter just climbs down the stairs and just, like, hands out for his mom, like, it's it's sad. And I'm kind of wondering, like, if she's angry with Eric, she probably is a little bit. It's like, you took my son away, where you're kind of leaving him at a disadvantage, like, with his, his meds and everything, and just, you know, putting him in a in a bad situation. I know Eric's heart was in the right place, but, it's like, he needs, you gotta take him to the hospital. Oh, actually, okay, so it's not the hospital, um, what it is, is, oh, I, I, I bet anything she said, I really don't want you seeing my son right now, Eric, I'm sorry, I, I like you, you're, but this is, this was too much. Because he's like, I was wondering if I could see Dexter. And the look she kind of gives him is like, I don't, mm, I'm not, I'm still not happy with you, Eric. I really, oh, okay, okay, no, he's in the hospital, so she is taking him to see Dexter at the hospital. Okay, okay, I get it. This is definitely, definitely real. So Dexter says it's lucky that he keeps throwing up, otherwise he'd have to stick a feeding tube in his stomach. Oh, no, up, a feeding tube up his nose into his stomach. Ugh. And Eric, of course, is playing around in a wheelchair in the room. He's like, oh, wow, that sounds gross. And Dex just like, holy, yeah, it hurts. And Eric's like, well, doesn't, you know, that with your hand kind of wrapped with, you know, wires and stuff. And Dex like, well, it doesn't really hurt as much as a feeding tube would. And Eric's like, oh, you can't eat anything, huh? And Dex just like, well, not right now. And of course, Eric's like, "Mm, that's too bad. As he pulls out some butterfingers, it's like, hey, we can put that in your IV. (laughs) And Eric's bringing up the leaves, and I can sneak some leaves in here. And Dexter's like, well, Dr. Jensen says that stuff in New Orleans wasn't real. Like, yeah, of course it wasn't. So we see something. Okay, we do learn a little bit here um, from this doctor's order sheet. It says Saint. It looks like Saint Croby? C R O B. E. Valley Regional Medical Center. It says, doctor's orders. We learn that Dexter's last name is Evans. There's a medical record number. Room and... Fin plan. Okay. Um, it's got some pictures. Cute little... Um, makes me think of Diary of a Wimpy Kid pictures. We got age one, Dexter. And of course... I love how Eric like reaches over and pinches Dexter's cheek, like "Oh, you're an ugly baby." It just says one continue prescribed medical as per doctor's orders. Uh, We got age fourteen, which is still three years away. Two restricted diet, no. It says insecticides, and it says suspicious looking. Or something about toadstools. Alright, now we got age 18, a drawing of Dexter in a cap and gown. He's graduating high school. Number three, it says no, what looks like no smoking? It says spitting or foul something. Oh, I, th- I kind of wonder if this has something to do with like, don't be playing getting those flowers or leaves or what, no more of that stuff. Number four, we got age 18, Dexter in a cap and gown. It says, it looks like top student in like bubble, capital bu- bubble letters. We got age 40. Dexter looks like he's married with a wife and a, maybe a five-year-old and a infant. And of course, Eric makes a joke about, hey, look, it's Angle. <laughs> we got a picture of an old man like bent over with a cane in his hand, and it looks like he, I don't know what he's given the yay, like, finger gun, or he's flicking someone off, I don't know. Of course, Dexter starts to cough a little bit, and Aerith's like, you are right? That has him at age 80. Aerith's like, yeah, I like the old man. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, uh, yay, 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 um, they're playing around with the bed. like, what's this button do, what's this button do, and, of course, Eric's like, what's this button do? We don't see it, but clearly it's a button you push when you have an emergency, you need a nurse stat. It's, like, code red because there's a red blinking light. This is so damn cruel. This is a three, basically it's a three strikes, you're out. We get Eric hanging in the doorway, bent over, pretending to cry, like, you gotta check on my friend, he's not breathing, (laughs) I think he might be dead, like, and Dexter is in his bed so still, and then he just screams in the lady's face, she looks at him like, that is not funny, it's not funny, it's not, you got just not one doctor going in there, you got two, Oh, yeah, um, ooh, the nurse, one of them goes over to check Dexter's pulse, and he like screams in his, in that lady's face, and of course, the lady that's comforting Eric is like, we all knew this was coming, yeah, you're gonna find out real quick that that was a major, you do not say that, that was out of line, and oh, yeah. Dexter, like, sits up and screams in this lady's face. It's like, holy shit. Like, he's that fucking exorcist kid. And they're laughing like it's the biggest fucking joke ever. And Dexter is laughing so hard, it's like he's trying to catch his breath. Like, easy there, buddy. And Dexter, of course, kind of repeats what that lady says. Like, huh, guess we all knew this was coming. And, of course, that kind of... Yeah, that uh, breaks up the laughter right there. Like, yeah, the realization of, yep. What is Eric's fascination with hanging things from from little toy get well soon bears from the hospital bed? Because <laughs> they're raising the bed and this thing is like dun dun da dun dun da dun da dun da dun, 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 dun. It's, like, ugh. it's kind of fascinating. This is creepy. All right, we get Dr. Jensen, who um, is played by Bruce Davidson, and um, this guy you you've seen this guy in a lot of stuff. Actually, Bruce Davidson just celebrated a birthday like a month ago. Let's see. Oh, this guy. Oh, he is working. He is working. He's got 17 upcoming projects. Holy moo! Good for him though. I mean, this guy's earliest first film credit on here on IMDb is from 1969. One movie I want to talk about that actually connects him and Joseph Mazzello, who plays Dexter in this. They play father and son in the TV movie Desperate Choices to Save My Child. This movie came out in '92. It also stars Joanna Kearns from Growing Beans and a young Reese Witherspoon. When a young girl is diagnosed with leukemia, that's Reese Witherspoon's character, her father, who is played by Bruce Davison, and stepmother, Joanna Kearns, must decide if they should risk their son's life, played by Joseph Mazzello, by exploring his potential potentiality as a bone marrow donor. That is such a good, amazing movie. Um... Yeah, Bruce Davison. If you guys remember the movie Harry and the Hendersons, there was a TV show called Harry and the Hendersons that I used to watch on TV. There may even be episodes on um, YouTube, possibly. Yeah, we got Bruce Davison. He played George Henderson. Molly Cheek played Nancy Henderson. We got Zachary Bostrom, who played Ernie Henderson. He actually was in a couple episodes of Full House Um, in the... Episode where Stephanie and Harry get married as kids. Um, I think it's called Middle Age Crazy. He play this boy plays the the little reverend that marries them. Oh, his character's name is Jimmy because he shows up in the, um, the Halloween episode. This guy's actually a year and a half older than me. He is, he's cute. He's cute. Someone Else's Child, it's another TV movie from 94. He plays a lawyer, uh, Bruce Davison does, in that movie. And he's also in The Skateboard Kid 2, I've not seen. Far From Home, The Adventures of the Yellow Dog, I will be covering at some point on the podcast. He plays a father to the main character in that movie. Um, that was in 95, also The Cure 95, plays Dr. It says Dr. Stevens, but I thought... He was the main, do- maybe he's not the main doctor. That could be. Uh, He played Watson Brewer in the Babysitter's Club movie. He played, in three episodes of Seinfeld, is Wick. I think that is someone that kind of, is, is that the father of um Susan, who George Costanza was going to marry? Maybe he's not the, he might have, no, he's not the father. He's the, um. I think he's like an executive as part of like, Susan's estate or something. He was also an apt pupil. He played, oh, connection! Brad Renfro. He played Brad Renfro's father in Apt Pupil in 1998. And of course, in Desperate Choices to Save My Child's Life, he played Joseph. So he played uh, each of these boys' fathers in a movie. Oh my goodness! Connection! He played in the movie Crazy Beautiful. He played Kirsten Dunst's father. This guy played a father to a lot of people. Too Young to Be a Dad, he played Paul Daniels' father. I will be covering this movie. Probably not this year, but most likely next year. There are some Lifetime movies I, would, I definitely want to cover. Uh, too Young to Be a Dad, 15 and Pregnant. I Know My Name is Steven. Or I Know My First Name is Steven. Yeah, he's also in the X-Men, some of these X-Men movies. Yeah, after the, in the 2000, I don't really see stuff that I've really seen him in. He might appear every once in a while like, hey, that's a guy from this or something like that. So so yeah, the doctor comes in. This is a really friendly doctor. And he's like, oh, you must be Eric. I've heard a lot about you from Dexter. He talks about you all the time. And all of a sudden Eric seems to get like really shy as he shakes the man's hand like <laughs> So the doctor sits down on his chair and just kind of examines like, hey, alright, open wide, Dexter. He puts a tongue depressor in. Shines a light and he's like, Alright, Dexter, say ah Dexter's like Ah <laughs> He he can barely do that without coughing. Like, oh my gosh. Poor Eric just looks like oh. He he knows that Dexter's not getting better. I think at this point it's like, no, he's not getting better. And I like how the doctor makes uh, a joke about uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, it looks like the journey to the Nobel P- Peace Prize hit a few potholes, huh? And Eric's like, yeah, more like the Grand Canyon. So the doctor makes a joke, like, all right, let's see the hairy chest, Dexter. Because, you know, of course he wants to listen to Dexter's heart. And Dexter's kind of looking at Eric, who looks like he wants to laugh. But Dexter's like, just, please don't laugh. Please don't laugh. And And, and Eric's like... I'm not going to laugh. Don't worry. And Eric kind of drops the ball here as he tells the doctor that Dexter knows that he's dying. And the doctor just looks kind of, like, surprised, like, what? And Eric reveals that they tricked the nurses into thinking that Dexter was dead. Like, guys, you... Mm." And Nurse Murphy said... Mentioned that we all knew it was coming. Like, yeah, that nurse is getting a talking to you. Like, you don't ever say that to a patient or somebody who's visiting a patient. That is not how you comfort somebody. So oh, the doctor plays nice with him. Like, oh, it seems like you really scared them, huh? I bet they hit the roof because Eric says, well, we pretended that Dexter stopped breathing, and then when they went over to check his vitals, like, Dexter, like, leaned forward and, like, screamed in their, the, this lady's face. So that's kind of funny, as Eric says, yeah, Dexter really laughed his ass off. And the, <laughs> the doctor, like, folds up his sheet, like, oh, that's where it went. I thought he was just on a diet. <laughs> I want to play this clip here. This doctor is very comforting to Dexter. It was like he knows what to say to him to like make him feel better and everything. Special, and that you might be one of those people. You know, I'm telling you the truth, don't you? You feel that inside you, can't you? Just don't let me down. That one of my patients is going to die. Granted, yes, some may feel like this doctor is maybe giving Dexter false hope, but it's just I just like this doctor's bedside manner. I would love to have this this man for a doctor, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say husband, because that's not that's not fair to Jeremy. That's not fair to Jeremy. <laughs> but the guy is just so calm and he's so good with 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 kids and just a great yeah yeah so he leaves and he's like he, he before he leaves he tells Dexter like I'm counting on you to make me famous and he, and he mentions about how um you know there's these things that happen sometimes that people there there are a lot of sick people in the world and sometimes they do make a turnaround, they do get better, and we call that a miracle, and he says that, you know, you're, you're special, you're a special case and everything, and I feel, I mean, do you feel it inside you that you could be that that special case and everything like that, and yeah, so the doctor leaves, Eric says, look, I'm gonna go, you look like you're tired, you want to get some rest, and Eric's like out the door, and we see the doctor, like, really saying, what did you say to him? And she's like, oh, well, I just said, you know, he wasn't, and and he's like, look, you do not ever say that, ever say that my one of my patients is going to die. It's like, no, hell no, you don't. You don't ever say, you don't say that to a patient. You don't say that to a relative or a friend. That's visiting, you know. Like, oh well, we all knew this was gonna happen. Don't you ever say that. That lady needs to be written up. Maybe not fired, but written up. That is terrible. Alright, here's attempt number two. Is Eric spots a guy that's kind of you know sorting medicine on a cart or something, and he's like, Oh my friend, I think he's dying. I think he's not breathing, he might be dead. So this guy comes in, tell, he tells Eric go get a nurse, he bends down to feel Dexter's pulse, leans right down, and Dexter, like, jumps up and just shouts, and Aah! right in this guy's ear, and this guy, like, practically had a heart attack, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, this guy's like, oh, shit, you kids. <laughs> this guy, I like this guy, I like that he's kind of, like, He's scared at first, and he, you know, is trying to come down for him, like, oh, but he's like, oh, oh, what, and we're laughing, are we? Okay, yeah, this is funny, huh? Yeah, okay, you boy, you boys. Right, so uh, now they're playing a game of sorry. Oh yeah, Dexter's mom is there, and the doctor. Because, uh, Dexter kind of taps his, his wrist, like, and the, the, the doctor here, um, different doctor, it's like, oh yeah, has my shift ends at four. So it's like, yeah, they're hanging out, they're playing sorry, it's awesome. I like how they got these little, uh, Dexter's got these little, I think they're, you know, Star Wars figurines, maybe? That he's got on the board, this is cool. So, we cut to Eric's house. he's in bed, he realizes it's raining, and then he's like, oh shit, you know, that mud fort that um, Dexter worked so hard on, that they all even worked so hard on. It's like, shit, that is going to be ruined. So, Eric goes out with a trash bag. What was he thinking was going to be able to, uh, I don't know. And Eric hops up on the fence only to discover that it's a cragly river. All of that stuff, the hard work that Dexter put into that, it's all it's all ruined. And Eric's face just—it's like, why? So now uh, they're back in the, uh, Eric's back at the hospital. They're watching. I mean, is this a two thousand one a space odyssey movie? Eric is really into that movie. He's like, shush, shush, because uh, Dexter's mom has to kind of come over and kind of adjust like uh, the the tubes that are on um Dexter's face and adjust his pillow and everything. So she asks, do you want anything from the gift shop? And, of course, it's like, no, and Eric doesn't want anything either. So Eric turns the TV off after Derek, uh, Dexter's mother leaves and turns to Dexter with a grin on his face and says, you ready for another victim? And, of course, Dexter's like, she says, like, yeah. Remember how I said third time, uh, three times and you're out? Yeah. So, Eric sees Dexter's mom and the doctor talking, and he's trying to find somebody that he can fool. He's probably fooled quite a few people. I think they're on to you, buddy. So, he finds another guy doctor, and he's like, "Oh my friend, he's not breathing, I think he might be dead. And we see Eric... Right outside the door, like looking through the glass window there, and just like he 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 can't hold it and he's giggling, and he's watching like Dexter like come on Dexter come on and Dexter is just he's not moving, and Dexter's mom starts kind of walking down the hall, just kind of wondering like what's going on. Did she ever know about these? pranks that the boys were playing on the doctors I I wonder and Eric finally he creeps over to the doorway and he's got this look on his face like okay he's not something he should be waking up and he's not and Dexter's mom comes in the doorway just as the the doctor is pulling off the stethoscope and everything and taking his chart like this is not good it's so sad, I mean he was awake, and then she left and then he she came back and now he's go- <laughs> this is gonna be the most saddest drive home ever, and she's taking Eric home and they stop at a light and Like a punch to the gut, we see this woman holding a toddler crossing the street with her other child and it just, she's so upset and distracted by it that she doesn't realize that there's a car behind her honking because the light is green and she's not going. And she finally has to pull over because she can't hold it in anymore. So she breaks down in front of Eric, and she even apologizes, and he apologizes himself. He's like, I'm sorry, we should have tried harder to find the cure. So she hugs Eric to herself, and she just says, you know, you you did, you were a friend to Dexter when he needed it the most, and just, she, I think he brought something out and Dexter just... Just life out of of him and everything. And just, you know, he gave him a friend. And you know this sweet moment is not going to last. And even Eric, you can see that he is starting to cry. Okay, so she does finally pull up in front of um, Eric's house there. Or in front of her house. I'm going to play this clip because this... I... I applaud Dexter's mom for how she reacts to what we see, where she's, like, asking, you know, um, Eric, like, if, if he'll come over and visit her still and stuff like that. And before he can even answer, the door opens and Eric is yanked out of the car by his mother. in the car and now. Wait a minute. Let me talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. Mom, you just... Eric, shut up. Can I just talk to you for a minute inside? Please. Just a minute. <laughs> is Eric's best friend died today and he Oh, um, (laughs) yeah. When she's in the car with Eric and saying she's starting to say about how Dexter has things like if you is there's anything that you want to take, before she can even finish that sentence, Eric's mother drags him, practically pulls him by the root of his hair out of that car and starts slapping him like get your ass in the car right now. I can't even with you right now and. Eric stands his ground and is like, no, I'm not. And she just starts wailing on him. And immediately, Dexter's mom gets out of the car and says, "Uh, hold on a minute. Wait. And, of course, Eric's mom's like, I have nothing to say to you. And, meanwhile, you look at Eric's face. He has been crying. He's upset. Just like Dexter's mom is. They both lost somebody today. This fucking cunt doesn't give a shit. So I am so happy, I'm sorry, I'm screaming, (laughs) Um, that Dexter's mom finally takes it upon her house. Like, wait, no, you and I need to talk inside now. And, of course, Eric's mom's like, I have nothing to say to you. It's like, no, it'll just be a minute. And, of course, she goes into the house and immediately she's like, okay, what do you want? Dexter's mom, like, grabs Eric's mom by the lapels of her blazer and just shoves her right against the um the doorway there. And she is just oh. And she's crying. She's upset. And she says, "I'm going to tell you two things. First of all, Eric's best friend died today and he is going to the funeral. And then she shoves her again against the wall for emphasis. Number 2, If you ever lay a hand on that boy, I will kill you. Do you understand? And the look of shock and fear on Eric's mother's face is like, she knows this woman is not messing around. It's like, this woman just lost her son today. You don't want to fuck with her right now. And just, you know, Eric's mother just walks out of the house and just looks at her and says, let's go. And, and the quietest voice possible doesn't hit him, doesn't just let's go. And we see Dexter's mom just kind of in the doorway there, just looking at Eric, like, it's all right, you can just just go with her. Like, I handled things. Now we cut to the funeral, and it's just I mean, there are other, well, it's just the funeral or the visitation. I'm not sure, um, but they're at the. Um, They're just there, and they're just, you know, looking at Dexter and everything. This has got to be a visitation, I would imagine. She just, you know, puts a hand on Eric's shoulder, like, just, are you alright? Just take as much time as you need. And Eric just is kind of like, hey, and, you know, he puts his hand, you know, on, you know, Dexter's, you know, where his tie is and everything like that. We don't really see what happens after, we just see him walk away, um, out of, out of the room, and you see he's kind of got something underneath his jacket. You don't know what it is yet. You don't know what it is. So now we have, um, Dexter's mom and Eric just talking in the doorway. So Eric's like, do you mind if I walk home? And of course Dexter's mom's like, that, that's fine. So she kind of, you know, a little nervous, kind of playing with her hair. She like, are you, um, maybe gonna come around and visit me once in a while? Eric stops and looks at her, and he's like, 25 cents like oh yes it continues as the camera pans downward that eric is missing a dress shoe oh i'm sorry no eric had his converse on and he's missing one of them as she comes in and sees that dexter is now holding eric's shoe that's a throwback to when they were in the tent and eric said here's my shoe hold on to it, and you'll know that you'll always, you know, you'll be here safely on the ground next to me. And it's just, it's it's sweet. And we see that he is now missing a shoe. And I love how she kind of smirks to herself, like, oh, that Eric. And we cut to Eric, he's got his feet in the water, and he's got Dexter's shoe, which he lets it float along on the water. And it almost seems like he's finally, like, putting his friend to rest, like, he's finally, like, letting him go. And we just watch the shoe just kind of float down, and and that's, the credits come up, and that's the movie. It's almost like, Eric, maybe he feels, you know, at, at peace now, that now Dexter has a part of him, and Eric has a part of, you know, Dexter to like. It's just, it's a sweet, sweet ending. I really got, I love this movie so much. I love this movie so much. Oh. <laughs> That's such a beautiful movie. All right, in the hospital, Dexter's body changes position between shots. This is a goof. Here's another goof. When Dexter is in the coffin, it is visible his closed eyes are moving. Well, what are you going to do? So that is the movie. Um most of the reviews are really really long and this um podcast episode movie review is actually bordering on close to 3 hours, so I'm going to end it here. Um the movie is available to purchase I believe for 10 bucks on um Amazon Prime. I don't I don't think it's available on Netflix or anything, but guys, this is such a timeless and beautiful movie. So, I hope you enjoyed my review. If you would like to leave an email, send me an email, comment about, if you like the review, you can do so at lbom, Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. So, all right, everybody, have a great Thursday, and I'm releasing this, of course, on Brad Renfro, R.I.P. Brad Renfro, on his birthday, July 25th. All right, bye-bye.